Hello everybody and welcome to Tides of Death. How are you all doing today on this fine day my favorite players ever made? We are doing fantastic and I speak for all of us. That yep. is great. Yep, it's true, he does. He does. Happy to hear it. Um, do we have any pirate facts? In fact, we do. We have two pirate facts and a wager. So does someone want to explain what's about to happen? Well, let Jan do his pirate fact first before we get into any of the Well, well but we need to set the rules before we start dishing out the... No, no, Jan's not involved in the wager, I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not oh. involved in this. I'm giving okay. mine no matter what. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. All right. So, um, today, I walked past a place called The Sextant. Um, nice. And my friend called... <laughs> shut the fuck up. My friend asked me, what's a, what's The Sextant, right? And I, and I realized I didn't really know. I just knew it was like a navigation device, right? So I looked mm -hmm. it up. And um, it's actually, like, the most reliable navigation device ever made. Like, it's no matter where you are, no matter how bad your ship is moving, it's very easy to determine both your position and the time of day with a sextant. Um, because it's literally just used to measure angular distance between, like, an object in the sky and the horizon. That's all mm -hmm. you need. Mm -hmm. You can do it with the sun. There's, like, filters on it that you can look into to measure the sun. And the reason it's called a sextant is because it has the little... The little area of a circle at the bottom measure the angle and that is 60 degrees which is one sixth of a circle which is why it's called a sextant there's mm. also octants or quadrants which have a quarter circle or an eighth of a circle but a sextant has a sixth of a circle and um like the u.s navy and stuff they still carry sextants on their on their boats because if any navigation were to cut out they can still use that for navigation yeah wow um Importantly, with a sextant, you also need to know the time of day, don't you? So you can know where things are positioned in the sky. You can, if I think if you know the date, mm -hmm. you can determine the time of day using the moon, I believe. Because you can determine the, um, I think it's the angular distance of the moon to like a star, and that way you can determine the time of day, the Greenwich Mean Time. Oh, that's super clever. Because for a long time, one of the navigational problems that over that the ancient peoples, actually classical peoples and medieval peoples had trouble with was figuring out the time of day at night to know where to measure stars to the horizon and whatnot. Yeah. And, and it wasn't until there were reliable clocks that there was really good international navigation. Uh -huh. But that sounds like it has a grand truth to it. So maybe that's like a something they didn't realize. Maybe their calculators I weren't good so. enough to get the moon... Shit, but yeah, that's a yeah. good point. Take your five percent experience for understanding sextants. Wait, Neil. Yeah, you said it's got a grain of truth to it, but do you remember literally three minutes ago where Yam was like, "The new meta is just lying to Neil and trying to pass it off as a real fact." <laughs> yes, but it sounds good enough that I believe it. If he's playing the meta, he I'm played it well. well. He's hiding in plain sight. Nice work. All right, other players. Okay. What is the so shenanigans? We've got, we've got a wager. So basically. Me and Potato both have a pirate pact, and we're going to pool the experience that we get together, and then Neil decides who's got the best fact, and they get all of the experience. Mm -hmm. Hell so, yeah. should, we, should we roll a d20 to see who goes first? Yeah, sure. I mean, that seems appropriate, doesn't it? Okay, mm -hmm. so highest goes first. So I'll be going second. Oh, well, you know. I rolled a five. Oh, yeah. Oh, here we go. Sign of things to come. Well... So this is a very important pirate fact. Not only is it interesting, but it also speaks to 
the moral nature of pirates and who they really were as people and the kind of lives they lived and lets you see through the bullshit that's been paraded in front of us by the likes of Disney and uh, you know other corporations basically feeding us a narrative about who pirates are and what they were about. Um, side fact, this is just a bonus fact that I've just sort of gathered now. Hi God, he's throwing in bonus. This is yeah. Hey, that's he XP for you. Fact, no, no it's, rela it's related. It's related. Um, talking about corporations defining who pirates are. The uh, the voice that we all do, the, the pirate voice, the yar, get on board me ship, me hearties and all that. That was just made up by Disney for the movie Treasure Island. And was in As fact based to... on based on the accent of farmers in Yorkshire. One specific farmer called um, Jeff, actually, who consulted with Disney. Um, this is the bullshit. Oh, no. There's no way he was called. This is the bullshit. No, that's the bonus fact. Okay, now I'm going back to the main the main fact. So the uh, the first ever recorded same sex marriage, Neil, was between pirates. And it was actually quite a common practice for pirates to be in a sort of civil partnership with other crew members. And the purpose of this was that if, you know, one of them were to die, they'd be allowed to like, pass on their wealth to their, their friend or even their lover, as it was in, in many cases. This practice was called uh, matelotage. Uh, it was used in the 17th century amongst sailors, and they pledged to protect and fight alongside each other in battle, able to share and inherit each other's wealth. They'd often exchange gold rings to symbolize their union. On paper, it was thought to just be economic. But there's an interesting book you could read, Neil, um, by B.R. Berg called Sodomy and the Pirate Tradition, which records their clearly homosexual relationships despite it being outlawed and punishable by death at the time. Um, and a famous petitioner in this kind of thing was a, a pirate called John Swan, who was active in the late 1600s. When you say the uh, first ever recorded homosexual marriage, do you mean in the UK? No, no, I mean recorded in in sort of yeah history like even no, among the greeks and the romans i mean in england now yeah i mean in england <laughs> Stay, <laughs> save that one I mean save that one to the last second nick it's over <laughs> yeah. it already won that's not true that was a good fact come on that was a good fact no the the yeah that was good fact i don't know about um Jeff being the voice of pirates? That, that okay, doesn't listen, sound I very good. I it was made up. But yeah, it was. <laughs> Disney and the farmer's accents, that was true. Well, yeah, of course it was. Yeah, of course. Um, that was pretty good pirate facts right there. I am willing to give five percentage points of experience for homosexual pirates. Yeah, put it so, in, the, in the pot. So, my pirate fact... Uh, actually builds upon what I talked about last time I talked about pirate facts, which was about jobs at sea. Um, you know, I talked about landsmen and all these different things. And I wanted to talk about, like, what did people think about being a pirate? Like, you know, you might see uh, a job nowadays, like, oh, you're an engineer? That's a high prestige job. You're awesome. You're making big money. Um, and the general perception of being a sailor was that it was a hard life. Uh, generally speaking, for everyone involved, it sucked really hard no one thought well i say no one most people would have thought it was like dirty and cramped and terrible even like the highest ranking officer was you know you're basically living in a tiny room that you have to yourself um it was said by a guy that no man will be a sailor who has a contrivance enough to get himself in jail for being in a ship is being in a ship in in a jail with a chance of being drowned 
I think he actually he went on to say more, but the guy who said that was um, Samuel Johnson, who, if you don't know, uh, like about five, ten years ago, there was like the, you know, the disgusted guy in a powdered wig meme it was like he like reads a book and then he looks Samuel Johnson. That's the guy who said that quote. Um, mm. And he hated sailing like he thought it was like the dirtiest, most disgusting profession on earth. Like um, he had a servant who was a freed slave um francis barber who uh decided to become a landsman which was like the lowest ranking unskilled laborer on a ship and he hated it so much that even though francis barber wanted to be a sailor and like was repeatedly telling him listen dude let me be a sailor he like wrote letters like scathing letters um where he just like ripped into the sailing profession trying to get um francis barber's contract you know cancelled i'm like basically like give me back my servant i want my guy back he's like he's really good um hmm. but francis barber was super into it he was like i want to be a sailor uh, and the interesting thing is that like that division between those people uh actually is like emblematic of the division of the opinion on like sailing as a profession like most people would have seen it as like a dirty cramped horrible job but people like francis saw it as like kind of a liberating job like you you get to travel around you don't have to have any family obligations you can get out of like legal entanglements maybe escape like debt that you owe mm -hmm. um life at sea also had like a certain structure and familiarity and like camaraderie that you don't get like on a land job mm -hmm. um so it appealed to this like really small sect of the population not unlike people who sign up for the army today who are like you know I want to like better myself socioeconomically and I want to have more structure in my life. So I go off and join the army, even if that's like super risky and dangerous for my life, like the payoff is worth it. Mm. Um, so yeah, for some, the job of being a sailor was the, the juice of it was worth the squeeze. Um, Francis Barber is probably worth talking about as well. Um, I think it's kind of funny that his name was Barber because he, because uh, the Barbary Coast Pirates, right? He went mm -hmm. on to be a sailor in the Royal Navy. Uh, he lived in England. And I think actually Samuel Johnson, the powdered wig meme guy, made him his heir because his wife died. And then Francis was like his only friend. Mm. I have a fact as well. Sorry. Basically covers my fact. Are you getting in on this gambling too, Mr. Mooton? <laughs> yeah, I think I can beat both these kids. All oh, right. Hang on, hang on. You can't join the bet after. Okay, fine. I don't care about the bet. That's not fair. Yeah. I would okay. just like my percent. Okay. All right. Well, let's let's resolve the bet first here. Then, um, on the one hand, we have a historical example of specific pirates and the socioeconomic interests and who might want to be a pirate. Pretty good facts to help ground us in sort of like the the real world of piracy. On the other Nick hand, did lie in his facts. Well, that's very pirate-like to to, uh, to lie to try yeah, and get some true. extra things. But gay pirates looking for booty has got to win. Has yes. got to win this thing. So Nick, That's please. That's true. I didn't even think of that line, Neil. That's so I'm good. So, it's low-hanging fruit. Yeah. Uh, go ahead was, and take yeah. ten percentage points. <sighs> oh yeah. John Winters. Be short and quick. That's what she said. <laughs> yeah. Monday, Sorry. September twenty, September nineteenth, is International Talk Like a Pirate Day. It was created in nineteen ninety-five by John Bauer and Mark Summers, and it actually was created during a racquetball game where I think it was John got injured. And he screamed out, "R!" and the ideal was born. Mm. There it is. I have heard of Talk Like a Pirate Day. In fact, that was a thing in some of my schools way back in the day. I will give you 2% for Talk Like a Pirate Day. Thank you. Very generous, Neil. Very generous. And that's not generous. It is. 
a little more than maybe it should have been a little lower, but it's fine. Fine. Uh, wait, is All it ten percent right. for your stats? Yeah, it's ten percent, isn't it? Ten percent you know, of you... what you're missing for the next one. No, no, I'm saying like if you've got a seventeen in decks, it's ten percent of. Yeah. What? No. The if you've fuck? got t a seventeen in your prime requisite, you get ten percent ah, more experience. That's ah, what I'm saying. Yes, it's ten percent, yes, yes. right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. At sixteen, you get the experience bonus. Is he asking for an extra 1% there? No, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Oh, I'm just okay. doing a calculation. Okay, okay, okay. Nick's yeah. always working Thanks. for the 1%. True. Oh, that's not fair. <laughs> that's not fair. It was an easy one as well. <clears throat> so, last we left our party, you fought an Inquisitor and stole their shit. And their um, head. And their uh, head. Yeah. And did you steal their squire as well? So oh yeah, we did steal the, the squire. Yeah, I He's do on believe. The ship, look. I believe you took the squire. Yeah. And yeah, and then you left, right? You looted the shack. You looted the the Inquisitor's ba um, little area. You took all the papers you could find. You searched it for treasure. You did a quick once over, then hopped back on your ship before reinforcements could arrive, and fucked out of there and moved Norm on. Norum didn't kill the guy who opened the door. And told him what he wanted to know. I don't remember what he wanted to know, but I just remember that Nilrum didn't kill him. Right, right. Nilrum showed yeah. momentary restraint. Large character development for him. Beautiful. Progress made. And uh, you'll notice we also have a new Nilrum token right over here. Oh, no. Finally. Yeah. No longer the bright and chipper, happy young lad and bright colors. Now a dark, scary man. The Wraith of the Dardans. Mm. <laughs> All right, party. You take off, leaving the village behind and sailing for, for where? I think we're heading home, but we're we will home. let us know if there's any ships that require boarding along the way. Well, there could be a hell of a lot of ships that require boarding on the way. Tell me what you're looking for, because if you're sailing in line with all of the, the other ships along this coast of the island, you're going to pass ship should... after ship after ship and harbor after harbor. You're going to see a lot of stuff. I think we should just sail home immediately. No one will push um... for that for the reasons that we have the Inquisitor's items. We need to get them in the lead-lined rooms as soon as possible because we don't really know what they do. Mm. And he's also pushing for it because he wants to go and do his own shit. Um, Pernos Cleric Soy. Yeah, okay. Let's go back then. We're cozy. Yeah, well, how, are we, how are we how are we concealing the um the beaconed items right now? Are we just trying We're to having it next to the um anti magic shield? Gotcha, I forgot about that grunt. So the items that but, you yeah. think may be beaconed are the helmet, which provides wizard sight or something like that, and mm -hmm. the sword. And, and the then, shield, obviously. And the shield. Well no, the you shield can't beacon can't be. the shield can't be, yeah. We pause it. Right. So the, the other two items are kept near the shield on your boat. And this is the big boat with all your crew, as we can see yep. it on the map. And we head in line back towards home. Well, no room can navigate it. We head the quickest way home. Sure. You want to head home quicker yeah. then. Yeah. Mm -hmm. All right. We can cut the middle then. Nilrum, give me a navigation check. Hang on. 
before we get going, let, let me just pat down the squire, make sure he's not got any weapons on or any crazy shit like that. Yes, there yeah, is we a pat him on down. the squire. We, we, we pat him down, we take any weapons off him, we tie him up, probably. We check, does we, he have any magical beacons or anything on him, any gems? I'll also uh, sweep the ship for magical beacons on the hull or anything. There are no magical beacons on the ship. The squire has no magic. Um, only small amounts of wealth, you know, silver on him. Uh, and that's about it. We put the squire... No one will ask the captain. Captain, may we please put the squire downstairs in, a, like, a dark room where he can't be seen? Because if he gets scryed upon, then they would... If he was walking around the top deck, they'd be able to see all of us. They would? They'd be able to see where they... I think so, yeah. All right, well, Norm, if that's what you say. Uh, Kit, on your feet. Let's take you to uh, more permanent accommodations. I'll, like, you know, he's tied, his arms are tied up. I'll, like, say, okay, right, down there, down the stairs, and I'll kick him in the arse and push him down the stairs. <laughs> you kick I'll him in the ass and push him down the stairs. Pretty fucking yeah. clumsy there, boy. Get on your feet, come on. Kid stumbles forward. Doof, doof, doof. Norm will quickly take him downstairs, um, show him to his room, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, give him a quick intelligence check. In the hall, right? Yeah, that works. Is he smart? Kid? Yeah. Oh, are you going to give him the test? Oh, yeah, we got to give him the test. I need to know. Right. We got plenty of time. time. <laughs> Fucking quite. dummy. Not worth it. Not this one. You're a dumb fuck. Okay. He's a dumb fuck. He's pretty brave, though. I feel like he held up against, like... Yeah, he's he held a brave. shield. Um, at some point, uh, Archie, Sale, between the two of you, can you go and have a word with our friend down there? He's a squire. He might be rich. His parents might be rich. Maybe we can sell him back. Maybe find out who his parents are, where he's from, if they're rich. He might try and lie to you, so just, you know, don't be fooled. Actually, we'll try to recount all the things you just said and head downstairs with Sale. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll head down with Archie. Like, not a problem, Captain. We'll find out. Two of you head down and find the Squire in this room, darkened room by themselves, uh, looking a little bit scurred. Uh, before we go in, I ask Archie, should we just go in and immediately beat him and then ask him questions, or do we... Ask him questions first. I don't know why I keep saying was... you to do stuff. <laughs> Wait, was it? The captain always says something. It's ask questions first, throw punches late, or is it the other way around? Is it throw punches first, ask questions later? Which one was it? I I don't know. I I don't think I've ever beaten anyone for info before. I thought that was your thing. Well, it is. There's different ways to do it, but I kind of like your your approach here. I I, I feel like beating him up first kind of shows him. You know what kind of power we hold over him, and then, you know, what we could potentially do to him. Wait, I got a better idea. We'll burst his yeah. screaming, and then tell us everything you know, or we'll kill you. Right? We'll do that kind of a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. No, I like that. That, that. That's good because then he'll think that we'll kill him, and then he'll tell us what he knows. Right? Yeah. Are we ready ourselves at the door? <laughs> okay. Uh, you're at the door. Three, right. two, one, go, go, go. Tell us everything you know. Tell us everything you know. We'll fucking kill you. We'll fucking kill you. Tell us everything you know. Uh, uh, one plus one is two. Two plus two is four. Three plus three is six. Good, good. Yeah, uh, all right. Uh, nice, nice. Does your family have money? Who do you work for? I, I work for the White Prince. 
My family has money. My name is Barry. Barry, how much Barry. money? How much money, Barry? Quickly. You're going to uh, die, Barry. Quickly. Uh, uh, lots of gold. Hundreds of gold. Thousands of gold. I don't know. They, they, um, a lot of gold. Noble family. Where do they live? They... And most importantly, Barry, <laughs> how much would they pay for you? They yeah. pay anything, maybe. They live in Port Prince. <sighs> All right. I don't think we have to kill him, Archie. He's got money. Do you, do you want to beat him up just a little bit anyway? It's okay. Yeah, I'll close, I'll close the door. All right, we we beat him up just a little bit. <laughs> Barry uh, is lightly beaten. <laughs> All right, like that was day. quick. What did you find out? Uh, um, well, he he wet himself a little bit, so and his pee is little bit. very yeah. strong. He said, little. "Wait, he said two plus really? two is four. I think one plus one." Is two is what he said. Um, yeah, what else out. did he say? Yeah, what else did he say? So, uh, I think he said his family has lots of money and they would pay anything to get him back. Now Ooh. he did say that under duress. Right, right, right. But was he telling the truth? I mean, well, we beat him up anyway, just in case. So yeah, you know. Right. Where, where do they live? Oh, uh, did he say Port-au-Prince? I, th I think he said Port-au-Prince. Port -Prince, yeah, Port-au-Prince. Port Port That's Prince, you know, you, you heard of that, Nilrum? Nilrum would know, yeah. Yeah? Okay. Where is that at? Uh, Port Prince is the most important stronghold of the White Prince in the Middle Ring. You haven't been there oh, yet, yeah. so for you, it's just a dot nice. on a map. Uh, you know, right. It's just All it's right. somewhere out here in the Middle Ring on the southeast oh, corner or something like that. Southwest corner. Cool. Um, Port right, Prince is also where it's rumored that Sale's brother was held by the White Prince's men and one of your captives here I think it was John Brophy was held in that place as well Interesting. John Brophy? It was one yeah. of these people Yeah, yeah it was Brophy <clears throat> Port Prince also happens to be the place where um, what's the Wiley has said that he has some contacts that he might know some smugglers and might know some forgers in the area. Port Prince is a large city. In fact, it is the largest city outside of the inner rings. There is a huge amount of commerce and traffic that goes through this area. It has a large proper harbor. It has a lot of White Prince's soldier. It has large walls. It's a well-defended, extremely wealthy outpost overrun by White Prince's men. It is their forward operating base for the Midlands and the Outer Ring. Thank you, Nelrin. That was very interesting. You sure do have a good memory. A fucking genius, Captain. Okay. Yeah, I guess the you smartest are. man you've ever met and the smartest man you'll ever will meet. Well, it's, it's fate, right? We uh, take these documents back to Wiley. He forges papers for us or whatever, and then we can head to the, the Middle Ring. Maybe While get to this forging. Port Prince place. Yeah, we can go and see your we head over to Alba. Your friend. Um, yeah, maybe we can go there. You know, depending on who this guy's family are, that's the point. We should find out their name. Yeah, I was. Um, maybe we can get I'll more than gold. I'll talk to him, Captain. That his name's Barry. No one will go downstairs. We could mm -hmm. blackmail these people. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, we'll we can also the... beat Barry okay. up more and tell him that we saved him from death. I'd probably run some this simpler. 
I think so. Norm opens the door mm -hmm. to the kid. The kid he stares at him with a nice eyed smile. Why? Normal pull out some food out of his new extra dimensional pockets. Offer him some. Just more questions in math time, he says, eating the food. Just a quick one. What's your last name? Tensor. Any of your parents the lords of uh, Port Prince? Give me an intelligence check, um, Mr... No, give me a spellcraft check, Mr. Mooton. Oh, okay. 32. You know the name Tensor. There are some very basic spells called Tensor, for example, Tensor's, Tensor's floating, floating disc. disc. Basic spell. The, la the last name Tensor as you understand it, derives from the line of wizards of which Tensor was the founding member. Um, so this person is tangentially, distantly related to one of the great famous wizards of the old age. Well, you know, long, oh, long in the back. Now, this yeah. might not have any real ramifications. It might be like saying you're related to Genghis Khan in the modern era where, you know, like 10% yeah. of Mongolia is related to Genghis Khan. Um, but there is that connection. It might be useful it might just happen to be like a little fun fact on the side um what were you saying before i interrupted you um well no i'm knowing that he would also ask uh, are your parents the lords of the island no how does the um, how did you receive the name tensor do you know about your history yeah yeah i know all about my family history uh we were some of the first people to come to the, the dardens with the the great the great wizard Ferris in the early days. Was your great grandfather the one who made the tensor's floating disc? Mm-hmm. Well great, 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 you know, way back when, yeah. Yeah. And I assume your family are spellcasters then or no? Have they all Some of them. My my dad's <laughs> a, a a mage for the, the the White Prince. He works out of out of um uh, half Port Bay. My, my mom still lives in Port Prince with the, the rest of my family. Would your dad trade uh, your great-great-grandfather's spellbook for your life? Oh, probably not. I don't know if he has it. Why wouldn't he have it? Haven't you seen it? No. It's a family heirloom. There's a lot of, you know, it's been a long time. We don't, we don't have any of his stuff. Normal sigh. All right. Thank you for your cooperation. And he'll uh, close the door and leave him some food. Okay. We'll go up to the captain, inform him of everything, tell him about Tensor and all the magical memes with it. You know and, this guy, uh, Tensor? He's an old wizard uh, who made a few spells far inferior to mine. It's funny how base was made by an old wizard, right? So yeah. See a lot of old wizards are on these parts. It is interesting. Maybe the magic broke up the islands. He laughs. All right. Well, either way, I'm sure they've got some money. If they were some of the first people to come here. But, uh, no, and put that big brain of yours to work and think of, see if you can think of something that we could get out of them other than gold. You know, uh, our recent endeavors are going quite well, and mine coffers do overflow with silver. So if we could get something else out of them, maybe we can get them to, uh, give us some legitimacy somehow. Maybe if the more permanent papers, perhaps we could trade our ship for one that's registered. I don't know. Something. Must be able to get something more out of these people for the life of their son. Probably have spell books. 
Yeah, I guess. If that's uh that's worth a lot to you. No I'm shrugs. The only thing I need is coming soon, Captain. Yeah, that's well I'm a little it. bit worried about all of that, Milrim, so why don't you you know, I know how you like to get uh, excited. So when you meet this friend of yours, just remember what we're doing here, you know? Remember all of us don't cloud kill, but uh, oh. I don't I know. What, I don't... Yeah, okay. Well. I'll leave you to it. Three days of your journey are stuck in a nice heavy fog bank. Um, but you can sail through out to the other side without too much problem. And make your way all the way back home to Port Ferris, or more importantly, the little island outside of Port Ferris. Um, on your journey here, I have a couple of questions for our crew. Uh, we're going to go around the table real quick here, starting with Mr. Archie. Yeah. You've just beaten up an Inquisitor. That's I probably have. the biggest, baddest, most fearsome warrior you've ever fought directly hand-to-hand. Is that, is that about right? Well, there was that T-Rex I beat up, but... Oh, that's true. <laughs> There's also the, the sword, beginning with the sword, sword. Master. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. guy was probably, I think, mm. the most fierce. But it's definitely... I don't know if Archie fully understands the implications of this, mm. because to him it was like, like the the fight didn't go very well for him, so he's probably still thinking about it a lot. Mm. But um, uh, I feel like it's on par with so if in in his perspective is on par with some other other people he's fought for sure. Mm. Archie's not thinking too much about this sort of thing like the importance of the inquisitor the symbolic yeah. definitions of yeah, this yeah. it just kind of whoosh. no it's just like it's mostly like the size of the dude like mm-hmm. yeah okay. and his attitude when he's fighting okay all right uh mr sale you've got a whole bunch of people here on this boat with you and you are communing with the god down below the creature of the deep You're well aware that any moment those dark tentacles could wrap around your ship and rip it in two or drag these people off your boat. And some of these folks have been given the test, right? But not all of your new sailors have been properly tested. Is there a time when you... When they will be? Is there... Uh, Do you ever want to introduce them to what lies beneath? I think there's sort of like different levels of induction so mm-hmm. they would all get the first level which i think is fuck the white prince and then there's the second level where you're drowned right and then there's the third level where you know you actually independently or through ritual become bound to rohi <clears throat> so i think most of them are at like that level one stage no one's at level two yet mm-hmm. wow. is that something that Sale spends time thinking about like who to introduce when or is it sort of a happens when it happens deal it's sort of a when I have time I will do it and like if the loyalty of a particular person is like in question the sort Mm -hmm. of threat of damnation is terrifying and so it's kind of more of a manipulative thing than it is like an actual religious thing Mm -hmm. Sale is more like right now Sale is more thinking about okay how do I actually make this whole rebellion thing work like I'm gonna maybe we could use the anti-magic shield we strap it to a mast so we're immune to lightning bolt like what do we like how do we mechanically like how do I manipulate the politics that's kind of like what's going through his head more so and like things like his brother and all that kind of stuff has like fallen to the back of his mind Mm -hmm. okay uh, Mr. Nil, not Mr. Nil, we're gonna get to you last. John. Hmm. I can tell 
we know that you're looking for boats. But there's always other things that are popping up in the meantime that is forcing your attention away from, you know, ship-to-ship -ship raiding and whatnot. Tell me about well, John's know. desire, like his itch for for piracy rather than all this white prince, gods, and deities stuff. You know, at the end... Well, like a... you know, John's he's enjoying his new ship with the captain's quarters and the larger crew. Stands feel a little bit more like how things were back on Arcadia when he had a bigger ship yeah. and had an actual crew. and So feeling more like a pirate now and less like a gang of really powerful yeah. convicts running around, like just murdering people. If, um, if, go ahead. If, if, if I can interject, um, I feel like it's closer to what we imagined when we first left Arcadia yeah. before we sank in the Dardens, right? Um, yeah, we had like a big ship, big yeah. crew. Yeah, we've been in a bit of a tough spot for a while. We've been kind of building back yeah. up, but it's kind of feeling like we're there now. Yeah. Um, so the the thing that John's thinking about more than um, more than stealing ships is actually finding a way to get past this problem where we can't dock anywhere. Because mm. what's the point of being rich if you can't spend any of the money? Like he wants to go to this port prince place so he can spend all the money that they've gathered and like basically you know live like a pirate king. Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah, that's the main uh, main concern right now. Mm, okay. Well then, uh, last but not least, we have Nilrum. Nilrum has been pulled in a lot of directions as of late. He wants immortality. He wants a connection with Ponos. There's all this magic lying around that he wants to get his hands on, and at the same time, it's really dangerous to get a hold of. Um, <clears throat> does Nilrum have uh, a steady heading? Mr. Navigator, or is he sort of caught in the swirl of so many different things going on? Norm has a steady heading. That's correct. He's Where... trying to get stronger, and he's going directly to the Ponos cleric, and he wants to talk to them, see what the fuck's going on. Mm -hmm. And if nothing comes of that, then he's gonna um, just level up until he's probably got fifth level spell slots, and then he thinks he'll probably pretty be pretty invincible down here. So, like, the end goal is the Fountain of Youth the short-term yep. goal is the, the Ponos Cleric, and the mid-term goal is just, like, generalized power structure? I think so. Okay. He wants to get the Fountain of Youth before he turns probably, like, his 30s. Probably, like, he's 19 right now, so he's got 11 years. He's got time. He's got time. He's got time. Oh, he also wants an apprentice, so he doesn't have to do bitch work anymore. Right. That's true, yeah. In the past, Nilrum was sort of like reaching out to different deities. You know, he, he kind of reached out to Malchus a little bit. Then he sort of reached out to Ponos, and Ponos responded in a more favorable way than Malchus did. Is this still in the like exploration, feeling things out no. phase, or is he like committed to the Ponos thing? He's committed to the Ponos thing. Um, he kind of feels like it was fate because mm -hmm. originally when he rolled the dice literally um and was asked what he is acclimating towards it wasn't the white prince's god and it wasn't Astaire, it was ponos um he tried with malchus <clears throat> malchus attempted to kill him mm -hmm. so he said fuck that guy yeah let's talk yeah. to ponos <laughs> any concern that ponos rohi might not play well together nope cool all right then our party arrives outside of Port Prince. The ship pulls in, Nilrum casts his spells, and we enter into the pirate base. Our other henchmen are still here. 
and uh, everyone can pile on in and hang out for a hot minute. Bobby got his cudgel. Bobby gets his cudgel. Walks around, slapping on his hand, walking up and down. He sees the new prisoner, obviously not part of the rest of the crew, maybe bound, at least being like guarded and looking sullen. Definitely not a new recruit. Bobby walks up to him and slaps his cudgel on his hand. Whap! Whap! And looks at the new recruit, the new prisoner, and then looks to the captain. Should I put him in the chamber with Sharpay? Should I just give him a beating, says Bobby. Wait. Jesus Christ, Bobby. What are, you, what are you doing in the chamber, Bobby? Just what you told me to, Captain. Oh, Sharpay's the... The accountant. The accountant. The accountant. Captain, yeah. Don't worry about uh, it. No, Ar- Archie, look, Archie looks at Bobby extremely proud. <laughs> put him put him somewhere else, at least until I have a chance to talk to him. He's yeah. only a kid. Bobby. I think high-value high prisoners probably deserve a little bit more better treatment. Don't rough exactly. him up, Bobby. We're going to sell this kid back to his family. Bobby nods. I really, I really want to see him punch him once. I want to, your, your right hook's gotten so much better, Bobby. Oh, well, to be fair, he is probably, he is probably due a punch, Bobby. Go on. Bobby will uh, yeah. set the cudgel down, crack his knuckles. You can see Barry is a little bit afraid. And uh, Bobby gives a... Wait, wait, it's wait, sort wait, of wait. a... But Barry, but Bobby, what's a, Barry? Don't be a coward. Take it like a, like a, a person. Bobby gives Barry a glancing blow to the the chin. You know, it's a little bit further back than you would like. It's a little bit closer to the ear. It's not quite such like a shock, um, but it does ring Barry's ears. And Bobby like shakes his hand, having hit kind of the wrong spot too hard in the head. Give him a harder one, Captain. I bet Barry would pot, punch Bobby's. That was definitely, dude. I, I, I've seen Bobby do so much better than this. I'm actually so disappointed. I'll right, take well, Bobby, uh, you can have another go if Barry gets one on you. I'll first. take the ropes off of Barry. <laughs> Come on, Barry. Wait, wait, Bobby, what do you say? You take one to give one? Barry looks around, surrounded by pirates in, his, in the base. <laughs> no, I'm not asking Barry. I'm asking Bobby if he's willing to let Barry punch him. Of course. If it means absolutely. Can... 100%. Oh, yeah. yeah. All right, Barry, give it your best shot. I got 10 gold on Barry. I look around. I'll Anybody want to? <laughs> All right, fine. Yeah, 10 gold. I 10 gold on Bobby. Yeah, I put him on Bobby. on Bobby. On Bobby as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let me just generate the rest of his stats oh, wait, here. No. I'm just taking bets. I go around everyone taking bets. Oh, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll collect the percentage. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All righty. Uh, Barry, you know, Bobby agrees to this because he's not a little bitch. He's, he's got to show that he's a tough right. guy. And so he'll stand there and let Barry take his very best shot. And Barry will land a much better blow on Bobby. You know, instead of back towards the ear, it's right on the chin uh, for about the same amount of damage, sending Bobby, you know, stumbling a wee bit who bad, cracks his knuckles not bad. and returns. You're going to let Jan roll for Bobby's next shot. Right. We don't want to kill him, but okay. <laughs> um, Bobby has nine strength. I'm sorry, six strength. So he fights at minus one to hit with his fists. Six strength. Yep. Yeah, Bobby wasn't strong. <laughs> I, I, I would like the cat to, to assist Bobby. <laughs> I, I, have, I have been teaching him, to be fair. That's, That's true. true. Uh, Bobby is also only 16 years old. So he, he is a little bit young. I think Barry is... Probably closer to 17 or 18 right now. 
Okay. Okay. Um, uh, how much oh, HP do they both have? Bobby has six. Barry has eight. Oh, I I bet on the winning man probably. All right, Pope. Throw it up. Let's do it. Let's say it. Oh, there we go. Bobby, it's a man. It's that's a, the Bobby that I've raised. Yeah, give me a D three for blows for damage. Yeah, oh, and with God. two two hits to the face, that's Barry enough. will sort of stumble and and call it a day. All right, I pass everyone's gold back around, and I think uh, it'll help you for myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Good job, Bobby. Nice work, Bobby. The party comes in to rest, relax, refresh some spells, maybe, and uh, well, launch their once, adventures. Once we're kind of settled in, um, I'm going to put the shield, the sword, and the helmet on like the big table that we all eat around. Mm-hmm. And say, uh, all right, well, what do we do with all of this? I like grab the sword and start like swinging it around. No, I'm all, uh, grab your hand and put it towards the shield with the sword in your hand. Keep it towards there. We don't want them beaconing us. How uh, far's the in... how far's the bubble or whatever? Uh, so, 10, 15 feet, if I recall. I have no idea. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right though. We keep it in here, but uh, We're gonna can you work out what these in... things do? Yeah, eventually when I have more time. We're going to want to put them in the lead-lined rooms for a few days. Mm-hmm. For, I guess, a few uh, weeks when we're gone. I'll put the helmet on, Neil. Have a look around. Well, yeah. if you want Let's... to use the ability, you're going to be in the beacon rain. Oh, shit. That's a good point. We need to let like, the beacon wear off, I think. Yeah. You can't get rid of it? Not yet, but soon. We could try, but I think the last time I tried it, the caster of the beacon spell was way Here, more if you want to do this me. shit, let's go to the lead line room, and then you can test everything. Okay, yeah, let's do that. We'll bring everything down there. Excellent. Um, I would probably know silver or lead. There's two rooms. Which one do I think would prevent um, beacon? They are both lined with silver and lead, a okay. combination, just to block all the barriers. Yeah, and, block all mm-hmm. the things. Mm-hmm. Excellent. You know, when we were coming into the base, I didn't say so we can just test this later, but I wanted to see if maybe I could use the shield to get past the barrier. If I, I put it on, like, the point of the ship. I was thinking mm. about this. I don't actually know if you can, because it's a, it's a real thing. But it is magic. Yeah, maybe it just makes it become visible rather than removes yeah. it. I don't know. Because it's a real wall. But we're going in slow. Yeah, I put it at sure. the, the front of the ship to see if it'll... Let yeah, I think the, the magical part is that it's transparent and you can travel through it, so it would just turn it back into a normal wall, right? You yeah. Know. yeah, that's yeah, what I was maybe. thinking. Um... Depends on how the spell actually works. Like, if it's just a big yeah. fake wall. Yeah. I'm trying to find the nose. Wondrous Wall. Wondrous Wall, that's the spell we're looking for. There you go. Wondrous Wall... Ooh. We have Reveal Wondrous Wall, but I don't have the Wondrous Wall spell itself written down? Yeah. Ah, here it is. Waltrude's Wall of Wonder. <laughs> so let's see. It is solid 
It is physical. It is real. It is invisible from one direction, but not the other. And magic. Also, Nilrim's not a fucking dummy. He knows if you're taking the shield to the bow of the ship, you have to bring all the other magic items anyways. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Even on top of all these things here. Oh, unless they, unless we leave them in the lead room, right? No, this is, I'm he's saying this is before. He's doing this when he was coming in. in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, sorry, okay. I forgot to mention it. Um. Sure, sure. Sorry, I know it's a bit of a finickety point, but it's actually quite important. It's extremely important. I'm glad you brought it up. Yes. Um... No, we we have a problem. Uh, oh. quite a, have we got a paradox? Not quite. Maybe. The anti-magic shell will disrupt a portion of the illusion, the the one the wonder wall spell. Mm. But the spell dispels itself when someone, you know, is within the area, usually from the, the backside or whatever. Um, so you will disrupt it on the front of the ship. So the, the wall disappears as you sail in. But then if the, the bottom of the ship is outside of the range of your shield, the wall down there will still be real and the ship will just run into it. Or it depends once how the, far down the ship goes. Or... Right. And once the rest of the ship has sort of passed forward outside of the range of the thing, be stuck. it'll, well, be, yeah, but it'll it, solidify. But point, could someone on the deck not keep walking down the deck so they're next to the wall which in will theory it, right? if it was theory, prepared it, yeah. correctly and you have someone in the right spots all at the right time you might be able to like dissolve the wall as someone's just on that border of where it, the, on. doesn't the that thing mean is. that if somebody if wiley's still in the base or bobby's still in the base they could open it for us essentially by standing next to it uh they can but we'll notice that the the area where the boat comes in doesn't actually have a lot of like land Place area next to it for you stand but in theory if we could Finagle something. That yeah, if you could like, we could you like know. row a skiff out to open the door, right? You could row a skiff out, or you could get like a ten foot pole or something and stretch it out over here, and it would open the door for yeah. you. Okay, so now I'm mm -hmm. thinking we need to make some sort of weird bell system where, like, I could jump off the ship, go onto the island, press some button hidden. Just a reminder: I don't think that you guys would be able to figure this out. But in the meantime, the more pressing issue is you're just on the the bow of your ship with the the shield. And you no, do begin to be clip through. Casting the spell. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. Well, then we're not going to be able to test, right? Because if Nilrum yeah, casts the spell, why, then the... I don't think Nilrum would let John test it because he's going to make himself useless if he's doing mm. this. And John was trying to be sneaky about it, but John really can't be sneaky about it because it's... It's really obvious. He'd be standing on the bow yeah. of the ship with the shield. I'm not trying to be too sneaky about it, to be honest. Well, and that's where Nilrum's going to be, casting the spell, because he has to be near it to do the thing, I think. So you just, so you just cast it to kind of... to what? I cast it to open the fucking door. Yeah, but if Nilrum I'm like, oh, I want, to I want to test if the shield can open the door for us. Okay. Then test it. 
But if you want to, if you have foreseen what Neil's going to say and say like, "Oh, you might destroy the ship if it's lower than fifteen feet," then I think I that don't... it gets tested. I think you just test it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. It. And your ship will slam into a portion of rematerializing wall before it quickly fades again. And you will hear the bending and breaking of wood as the ship comes to a dead halt and the bottom of it like caves in a little bit. Um, your ship is damaged and will need to be repaired. You'll have to be That's in base for at least a week. John. Well, we have two ships, but yeah. What's That's happened? True. Yeah, I'll rush up from the below deck and be like, what the hell? Did you not open the door, Neil Room? John wanted to test uh, with his new magic shield. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you test it with a swarm of John? <laughs> uh, why wouldn't uh, you test it with a, with a small ship, John? What do you mean? I don't want to know this is going to happen. This is a brand new ship that we just stole. Yeah, I understand that sale. Can you guys leave the magic? To me. John, what is it, John, what is it with you and things. destroying new stolen ships? I don't understand. <laughs> it's just bad luck. It's just bad luck. Lucky in love, lucky in dice. Fine. No, you're right. I'll leave the magic to you. The party heads downstairs into the sealed off rooms to go play with the anti-magic shell spell. Um, Archie, it's up to you to fix the boat that John yeah. just broke. Yep, I got my shipwright oh, proficiency. I don't think Archie's gonna... Archie can do what he wants, I guess, but I thought that we were gonna take the other ship and go to Alba and then let our crew fix the ship? Or is that not... Is that. Does Archie want to stay and fix it? No. Well, it turns out how long it takes to... If it's a few days, then I'll draw this. Take take about a week, a week to get your ship fixed. And how I... long, now? A week. Okay. It's not about I'm... a time thing, I don't think. I just don't think we want to take that ship, right? With all you want to take the small we... ship uh, on the next section Well, yeah, I'm just journey. asking. It's up to John here. Do, yeah, that's do fine. Do we want to just take the ship, big ship? This place we're going. You think it, we should all go, Norm? Maybe you should go on your own. Well, no, I'm not. Trying to, I'm not trying I, to get how out How am I going to get there? Okay, yeah, I suppose. All right. Yeah, well, we can take the other ship. Archie, though. Well, actually. Can, can the people here fix this thing without you? Leave. You guys can stay here. I'll take three of the crew members, and I can just take the other ship and just go. I don't know how I feel about starting to sound really convoluted. Uh, I mean, let's, all, let's all just... I, we, we've got to great pains to protect Nilrum, and then we're just going to send him off into the sea on his own? Like a, I agree, a I agree. Wizard. Like This is insanity. I'm sorry. Archie, can you talk to some people here so they know what they're doing with the ship while we're gone? I can probably do that right now. Yeah, you can at least get them to, you know, find... With the crew that you have here, since you're not taking this ship, some of them are going to know a little bit about this stuff. Wiley's got some training. They're not shipwrights. Like, they're going to need you to do some of the work for them. So maybe, like, stick around for two days to give them some direction um, and, like, take the okay, proper yeah. measurements. But they can then, like, cut the boards that you would need and plane them down. And, you know, they can do the, the bulk of the labor. Okay. We'll Perfect. do that. Down in the secret chamber below, you John will put on the helmet while keeping the shield far away. Is that correct? Yes. And take a look at Sail and Norum. 
you can immediately see spellcasting auras around the both of them. And they seem to be fairly similar in strength and power level. Um, I just you can also innately understand that. Yeah, there's sort of like an intensity to the color that swirls around them, and you innately understand that the you know the brightness uh, of that color or the intensity of that color more accurately is related to the the spell casting strength. It's a little does bit it weird on your head between wizards and clerics. It does. Yes, you can see the the clerical aura around Potato McWhiskey and the arcane aura around Mr. Mooton. Okay. Um, what about if I look at the sword or the shield? Do they register as magical? The shield does not. Um... While John's looking at me, I like. I assume we're talking during this whole thing. He's like saying, "I see auras and stuff like that." I'll like walk into the aura of the shield, and you'll just see his him just like clip and vanish, and he just looks like regular old, regular old sail, good old buddy old pal. I can still see normally though through this helmet. Yeah. Yeah, you have normal yeah. vision. I mean, your eyes are glowing pretty blue right now. And so you can see things as they, you know, you can see a person, you can see a wall, but then you see like a superimposed section of color on top of them. What about like, I'm say I was trying to sneak up on someone wearing one of these helmets. What's my like side vision and my ability to hear? How is that impaired by the helmet? The just like normal helmet vision. So it will definitely reduce your peripheral and it will mm -hmm. muffle sounds quite a bit. Okay, well, that's good to know. Uh, seems it works like we thought. I can I can see that you're a cleric. I can see that you're a wizard. Is the magical items glow as well? Yes, you can see the aura of spellcasters and enchanted objects. See objects, um, yeah. Can he see the spellcasters even with their armor spells on, or does that negate it? The mm. armor spell does kind of confuse the what you're seeing there's multiple colors and it takes you a moment to like sort out what's going on um so you'll see the the spells and you'll see the spell casters um okay. maybe if you stacked enough magic on person on someone it would be so confusing that you couldn't tell if they were a mm. caster but with just one armor spell it's not for you just enough, using yeah. this helmet for the first time it, it's a little confusing but you get the impression that if you, you were wearing this all the time you'd be able to figure it out pretty quickly and uh, Archie looks looks normal, yeah. I guess so. They're Apart from no, his giant shiny he's has. not Obviously. He's not normal. You know, he's got his armor spell on him, so there's clearly mm -hmm. that enchantment happening. Um, but there's something else, and you can't quite place it. You're you're too new with this thing. You can't really sort out what the fuck is happening with Archie. But there is like? something else happening with the armor around him. Like, if you look at your arm and you can huh? see the armor spell on you, there's sort of like a, yeah. maybe a, what would you call it? Like a, not a violet, but more of like a, a deep purple around your hand. And then you look at Archie, and like, there's the same deep purple, but there's some sort of like underlying, is it like, one of those things that's hard to explain. Like if you get a new set of glasses and like your vision just feels a little bit weird, but you can't call yeah. it out. You can't say it's like bending here, but your eyes are like yeah. straining to adjust. It's that level of like something's off, but I can't quite describe it or place it. There's something weird with Archie. Okay. Yeah. Uh, how intense is the sword? Um, kind of hard to judge. I guess it's, uh, where's the list here? Faint. 
Fuck, I don't um, think I I'll, identify it. I'll take the helm off and put it back and say, yeah, it seems to do what we thought. Can't go yeah. anywhere near one of these fuckers wearing this. Um, if we're staying two days, I have the beacon spell. Mm-hmm. Is it impossible? It, I assume it's impossible to remove beacon with the beacon spell, correct? Mm-hmm. Because we have not dispel magic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to see if Sale can take as many dispel magics as he can, and we'll just start throwing it at it. At I can take two per day. And so I have we can one do four right total now. in two days? I think five, because I already have one clocked. Oh. For getting two sleeps, basically. What are you going to start with? Uh, well, I'll uh, talk to the other room. What do you want to start with, Captain? Do you want to do the helmet, or do you want to do the... Um... The sword. You want to do the sword? But you don't use the sword. I could use the sword if it's magical. I mean, the helmet. What use okay. have we got for that? Really? Well, no, ident identifying magic items, perhaps. Uh, well, I mean, yeah, actually, we that would be the don't... most useful, I think. Yeah. Also, we're we're not the ones who have to use these items. Uh, you know, having someone up on the crow's nest with an anti-magic shield could be pretty good against lightning bolt. Uh, well, the anti-magic someone... shield doesn't have the beacon on it. We can take that anyways. Hmm. That's what like so. someone yeah. wearing the helmet of perception with some, maybe like a siege weapon commander can pick out spellcasters at a range and target siege weapons at them. You know, there's lots of uses to these things that aren't just us let's try the helmet um i just think it'll be really nice for us to find magic items in the future yeah sure i will attempt to dispel magic on it are we doing anything special are we like studying it and you're like explaining to me like in depth how the beacon spell works and stuff like that i'll probably explain to you how the beacon spell works but i don't think it's going to give you any mechanical bonuses i think you're just going to be rolling for a i don't know who did the beacon on this item Hmm. So uh, well, that's going to depend. Last time I did it, I think it was like 10 to 15 level spellcaster. So I'll try to spell. Roll high. What's he got to roll, Koiba? Uh There is... It's a D20. You need to roll an 11 or higher, and it's minus the difference in the spellcaster... The original spellcaster's level versus his. I think I need to roll a nineteen or a twenty to dispel. Yeah, it might be. Well, you you're higher level now than perhaps last time you did it. What's yeah, your... last time it was just a twenty. What oh, was okay. your level? What is your level now? Six. Okay. And I think I think last time you said they were like fifteen-ish, or I don't even actually know. I don't. I didn't write it down, but I think it was six. It was either fifteen or sixteen, because that's the break point between eighth level spells. I think it was 16. Um, so you need to roll d20 minus 16 plus 6, and you need an 11 or higher? It needs that 20. doesn't sound right. No, no, no. Um, sorry. It's d20 minus 10, and he needs an 11. So, yeah, he only succeeds on 20. Yeah, that's right. Well, get to rolling. Nope. We're going to be here two more days, so... Yeah, um, and you'll try again, and it'll fail, and it'll fail. Um, okay. I think I think a good rule to do prevent dispel magic spam is that similar to identify and picking locks, 
um, if you fail, you cannot try again until the next level. If you try to identify an item and you fail your, your check, you need to level up or have some sort of change in the situation before it'll work again. Same thing with uh, picking locks for rogues. I think the same is implied with the spell magic, so you can't have a first level wizard just, or a, a fifth level wizard just spam to spell on a, something yeah. made by a 20th level wizard. I kind of yeah. disagree a little bit because if you're a rogue, you're not going to get better at just picking that random lock, whereas the magic, it has a chance to work, right? But I, I think it's dumb to just sit there and spam for a 20. Exactly. However, yeah, well, um... It depends how you interpret the chance, because the chance might just be, are you good enough at... Mm-hmm. I guess, yeah. Like, understanding it... the spell to dispel it. Right. Is so it like... possible for Nilrim to learn a remove beacon thing eventually, I guess, then? That'll always like have a chance to succeed because otherwise we're never going to be able to remove beacons from any of these items almost ever. Right? If you want to create a more precise, more specific version of Dispel Magic that focuses only on beacons and you have an appropriate library from which to research that spell, then we okay. could work on that. Um, okay. And we'll do some, to, yeah. we'll do spell learning checks and blah, 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 and like come up with that stuff. But you'll need a proper research library. Perfect. Um, um, can he try a dispel magic on the sword then? Totally. Yeah, yeah sure. that's a separate item altogether. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Should let me roll that one as well. A aim and lower, boys. <laughs> uh, I I kind of agree with the like once once per level feels a little bit too punishing. I feel like maybe because like let's say I spent like a year attempting to dispel a beacon effect. I feel like eventually I might make progress. So the beacon effect will wear off eventually. It'll wear. It, it's one week per level. So this should, if they're a sixteenth level caster, only last sixteen weeks. Okay. Yeah. Unless there's some different level of beacon spell or something like that. Well, we just keep checking them every time we come back here. That right? Yeah. So Chances in sixteen are it's weeks, it's going to be a lot less than sixteen weeks. Yeah, in sixteen weeks or so, a hundred percent. Wait, don't we know when the White Prince refreshes all the beacons? Isn't that when he has that big, like, convention when he invites all the wizards? It is. It just seems weird because I think that's once a year, whereas mm -hmm. the beacon spell only lasts 16 weeks if it's a 16th mm -hmm. level caster. Oh, if mm -hmm. only you had someone with inside knowledge. Oh. Well, Barry's parents will tell us soon enough. Yeah, true. All right, we <laughs> head out to the Alba Island. Yeah. And we can see Mr. Mitten's boyfriend. All right. Why don't we take our first break here as the party's played with some magical items, sorted out um, what's going to happen with the ship, and it's just going to be the four of you piling into the, the long ship? The old ship, yeah. All right. We're going to take a break, and when we come back on the other side, we'll go check out Alba Island. See you guys then. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Tides of Death. Our party is going to set sail for Alba Island. It's not too terribly far from where you are right now. It's just going to be a few days along the coast. No need even to skip through the middle to get there because it's so close. Wait, um, I just want to say that we moved Billy, I don't remember his name, right, to Barry, one of the lead-lined rooms, and Bobby is going to be tasked with keeping him in a... And I'll tell him this. Do not fucking hit him, Bobby, or I'm going to hit you for every fucking bruise that's on him. Feed him. Be nice to him. Do not let him leave that room. If you let him leave that room, so help me God. Do you understand? Yes, sir. 
Okay. Give him a little head ruffle. All the islands. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight islands from where you are now. It'll take you like three days to get there. Uh, re real quick, did we want to bring like one or two people just to mind the sails? I guess we don't need it if we're in this wind. We'll, we'll bring two other people just in case. For the sails, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, just to count about, there is, that's two more people to get in shit in the island, like to get in trouble. Assuming that we, we let's pick two well-behaved people. They can stay and watch the boat, too. Because we kind of have that issue of our boat sometimes getting locked up. Um, we'll take, like, so faceless you. NPCs, I guess. Yeah, but what oh, are they going to do if uh, God finds it? Nobody's faceless. In the uh, Discord, we have a crew member naming channel. So oh, I'm yeah. going to throw out two crew members that we're going to be taking with us. Um, I'm going to start from the top. We're going to take Ethan and Blake. And those two can uh, watch over the ship and make sure nobody locks it up. And well, what are they gonna do if a guard turns up? If a guard turns up and is like, "Hey, we're what are you doing here? What do you think they should do, Captain? It's your call. I think they should probably oh. just kill the guard if they can't." Well, uh, look at them, Ethan and Blake. They're some of the strongest people we have. Fine. Is it not safe to use the speller? That's guaranteed. We can get the boat wherever we want. We don't have to make our way back out to wherever it was we parked it. There's no risk of it, goblins finding it and killing the uh, guys there. Absolutely, that's fine. Dear call. We don't have to take Ethan and Blake if you don't want to. We can take them, but I don't think we should leave them guarding the ship on their own. Okay. I'll use the spell when we get there then. Okay. Yeah. Our party sets out for Alba <laughs> Island. It is a few islands down the chain. And as you've heard, it's almost inaccessible by sailing ship. If we were to take a look at the crude map that someone has drawn for you at some point up here, you can see that Alba Island sort of, the tides come in this direction. And so if you're sailing, you're it's really hard to like turn against or perpendicular to the wind with the waves crashing perpendicular to the side of your boat and make it all the way up here under the right circumstances with a really you know with nice triangular sails and a really good boat for all these things it could be done but for most ships especially like the clipper ship you just picked up making it to this island it, to this dock right here is almost impossible so your little uh, your long ship which is mostly ore powered can make this angle nice and easily and as the town comes into view with your little eyes glass, you can scan the horizon and you will quickly notice there are no flags of the White Prince anywhere to be seen. There seems to be no Inquisitor. This town is classified as a, where'd my notes go? Um, as a dock town. We've mentioned before that there are roughly three levels of cities that you come into. There's harbors that have um, inquisitors on them and a large white prince uh, population, but they also have lots of supplies and you can repair large ships. There's ports, which have usually not inquisitors, but white prince guards. Um, they can repair medium ships and they have some supplies. And then there's smaller dock towns like this, which have little to no white prince soldiers in them or troops or forces whatsoever. They can do small repairs here and there, but you know, nothing major. And uh, their supplies are limited. Uh, this is one of these dock towns. There's clearly no white prince settlement anywhere near here. And it would be hard Great. for the white prince's ships to get to because they're all those big, fast clipper ships that have trouble navigating this passage right here, especially with the currents around this area. Y'all, it's a great island. 
pretty yeah, solid cool. sailors, and you've got the ghost rowers with you, so you can make it there. Um, the White Prince would have been hard-pressed. The downside, though, is that you really need those rowers to make it all the way to the dock. And in order to pull up to it, if you want to dock actually at the town proper, um, you're going to definitely risk someone seeing your phantom rowers. Well, we don't. Because we're going to use the ship in the bottle, we're going to walk in. Alba Island is deeply mountainous, as you can see by all of this stuff right here. It is not going to be just as easy as those other places where you're able to like pull up to the harbor or pull up to the um, like an area yeah. and walk along the coast. It's deeply mountainous. As you sail up from below, you can see that there's no like there's no spot where you could stop and then walk mm-hmm. along the coast. You might be able to maybe navigate it, but it would take you days, um, and you'd risk falling into the sea in dangerous areas. You, well, you know, do we have, have like, enough men that we could row it for the last part ourselves or not? There are four, five, six people here. I mean, I think if the bike is fine, here, if fuck it, it. Yeah, yeah, we don't care. Yeah, we don't really don't care. care. Might give us some credence. If we could we dock go. at night is also an option. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Less people around. Or we could use the fog cloud to, guys, to disguise our entry. We could, but it's make Koibu's making it seem like that's gonna be it's gonna be really long, and the fog cloud doesn't last super long. Well, um, fuck it, we just go. You go in the daytime. Well, when does the captain want to go? No, I think let's wait for night. Just to be safe. Yeah, we'll wait for night. Yeah, there's no reason not to. Okay. Wait for night and then pull up to the dock. Yeah. It's just wigging out on me. Let me refresh it here. Ah, there we go. Now we can scroll. Look. There, much better. You can pull up to the island and the town late at night. It's dark. There's a lantern hanging at the end of the dock to help guide ships in if they're coming around, or at least to make sure no one runs into it by accident. And in the dark of night, you will arrive. You can pull up. And you'll hear the thumping of boots coming down the dock as a single watchman uh, arrives to inspect the ship. You can easily, you know, have stopped beating your drums by now. And they won't see the ghostly rowers. They'll just see the six of you on the boat. Um, The watchman is a a young woman, maybe 23 years old. uh, And she has this, like, vacant, hollow look in her eyes as she looks over your ship. Sure. The six of you. I step forward next to her. Hail. Hail, traveler. You alright? Not getting much sleep? It's a long night. Welcome to Julius Docktown. What's your business? You know, trading. Buying a bit of this. Selling a bit of that. Hmm. Normal speak up. Supposed to meet a man in a tavern? Hmm. That's his own business. He's always meeting strange men in taverns. Actually. Mm. I'm the captain. <laughs> no problem, I'm just saying. Stocking fees uh, are two silver, plus one silver per head that comes on shore. Oh, she's talking, I'll hold out. Probably just give her two gold. She'll take the two gold, look at the boat, and just pockets it, dips her head in your direction, and uh, turns and heads back down the dock in the other direction. What's up with her? She didn't give us any paperwork. I think we were just scammed. 
Hey, 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 you. She stops and throws a look over her shoulder. Hmm? You not got any paperwork for us or something? She pulls out the two gold. thought this was your paperwork. <laughs> yeah, that sounds good. Odd, yeah. Good point. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. I'm not going to ask any further than that. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's good. Well. We pack the drums on Archie's back and I guess we go. Mm-hmm. Your two no. members, Ethan and Blake, will hang out on the boat. They look around a little can, uncomfortably. They can, they can come into town if they want. I don't know if you need me to state this, but I'm going to be casting Deep Pockets every single day. Yeah, we it got it. It lasts 16 hours, or sorry, 18 hours. And so you um, cast it in the morning, and you cast it, or you... One day, you take two castings. The next day, you take one casting, and you alternate. That's fine. If you want, if it's not going to run into any crazy issues, I can just cast it. Well, no, it is. Because if we get ambushed or something, I'm going to have to like pick up all my shit. So yeah, I'm just going to cast it one day with one, the next day with two, and I'm going to alternate permanent. Great. Um, um, we will quickly lose track of which day is which. So on yeah. any given day where we don't know what's going on, we'll just roll it's a die to see which day you had. Okay. Um, to memorize, so we know how many and spell the spell that got. I will take instead of it currently mm -hmm. would be fog cloud. So I won't okay. have a fog cloud if I need two deep pockets. A modifier uh, for that dice roll is like if we were preparing for an operation, he would, that would probably be a one cast day. Sure, because sure. he would prepare. That sounds like a reasonable thing. As we're walking into town. All right, so guys, the only reason we're here is so Norm can meet this guy. Um, so yeah, don't no cause funny any business. trouble. And cause any trouble oh now you don't want to cause any funny business yeah well cause no trouble go and enjoy yourselves blake and ethan i want you to be back at the ship tomorrow morning might be worth staying longer but i'll come and check on you there if we're not leaving i'll tell you and you can go back to doing whatever i'll hand them um three gold each mm. i expect what you don't spend back mm -hmm. and i expect you not to spend it all figure out a happy medium um as they go off i'm gonna just sort of walk next to Norm and say um, so this meeting this is a big secret can I come along come along okay good Norm, I thought we his arm I... around you say you're Did my closest ally captain in a whisper we all want to go if you guys want to come you can I don't care but probably just me and the captain for the meeting I want to scare this guy I don't want to scare oh. the chick well I mean it's a chick it's an opportunity for me to learn more about all right, am I in this conversation, actually? Mm -hmm. Well, um, no, not really, but I can... No, sorry, but to... then, yeah, we'll... No one will probably say that he only wants to go with the captain um, to have the conversation, but if you guys want to come to the bar, there's no reason you shouldn't. Okay, that's fine. Um, yeah, let's do it like that. That way, if anything kicks off. Well, yeah. what I wanted to say was, like, meeting a high-ranking cleric who is not aligned with a stare, maybe I could learn more information about my situation from him. That's why I want to you mind if I do my conversation uh, first, and then I'll do an introduction for you? Yeah, please. That would be awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm coming with you for that fast conversation, then, Norm. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. I have nothing to hide. Do you want? Do you want? Do you want Archie along with this? Yeah. yeah you, you guys are gonna come. be in the bar. Okay. Yeah. 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 Be in the and bar. We'll introduce you. Um, I'll turn to Archie and hold out my fist and like, okay, this time, no trouble. Okay. No trouble. Actually, no fist with him. So, what's the name of the bar, Norm? 
the Crimson Drops. Well, convenience. It's fate. All right, let's go. I have a look at, like, Blake and Ethan. Where are they going? Are they going into a different bar? Uh, they're sort of just following at the back of the party, taking a look. The area is pretty dark here. Um, the clouds overhead tonight are quite thick, so not a lot of moonlight or starlight comes on through. You can really only navigate your way by the what buildings have lights in them already. Uh, since none of you guys are carrying a light source, there's like, you know, the big lantern hanging out at the end of the dock and then a few lights on in town. And so it's a slow going as you creep your way across the dirt patio okay. um, that would make well, up they, the, the general dock area. They can come into the bar with us then as well. Yeah. That's fine. Are there any right. um, like fireflies or anything like that around? Mm-mm. No. Okay. Um, you'll notice fairly quickly there's a, um, a fountain near the, in this sort of harbory area. I'm going to say harbory, but it's not an actual proper harbor, but you know, the, the port section of town. Um, there is a fountain that has no water running, and you do see like a curled up person, like in a little ball, sleeping right next to the fountain. As you walk past it in the direction of the tavern, where you can I see like lights, two gold on them. Yeah, they don't even wake up. They'll find it in the morning. But dock the gold. Um, you can see the lights flickering in the tavern, and you can hear sort of like the clattering of dishes coming from that direction. And so you know where you're heading, but. You'll pass some other buildings on the way, and you'll see some oddities around this town. There are more than a few people sleeping in the streets tonight, and the buildings all have, like, over their windows are, like, large bars. Um, the, the shutters that don't have, like, glass in them have metal bars that cross them that would make it difficult to climb in and out of windows. And you can see that the doors leading into various ha buildings here all have locks on them. Not every door in this time period has a lock. Locks are fucking expensive. You might have, like, a bar that you place on the back, but this area has, you know, a couple more locks than you might expect. Like, no dead will kick one of the people locks. sleeping awake. Mm -hmm. Probably the guy yeah. you threw gold on. Uh, what? Uh, I'll point to the gold. Why is everybody sleeping out here? What's he with all the locks and the bars? He got no home, he says. He grabs the gold and... Thank you, my lord. He sits up all the is way. This... Slowly gets to his feet. I'll point. Were you this born normal? here? Yeah. I. Normal as you can be for Julius. What happened always been home? like this? I. You had a family. Where did they live? You come here to to throw gold and shit on us, he says, and he throws the gold in the direction of your feet. No, I'm Inner genuine, island yeah. men, you're all the same. And he spits it in your, in your, in your direction. I'll spit back, but I want to hey. aim for the eye. What you the fuck you spit got, Archie? I give him a nod. Um, I'll walk towards him. Menacingly. I'm rolling my spit attack to see if I hit him in the eye. Please do. <laughs> Minus four for called shot. <laughs> uh, you do not hit him in the eye, but some of your spittle will graze his face. He sees Archie approach, and he, you know, his posture dips, his shoulders hunch. He takes a few steps back and puts his hands in front of his face. No, no trouble, no trouble. Um, What's here, loser? Wait, what do you mean? What do you mean, no trouble? You just spit on the captain of my crew, and you, you're saying no trouble now? What, what kind of shit is that? Give him no. a shiner. I'll, I'll, I'll grab him by the neck. 
Nice. Kind of goes with oh, it, trying cool. not to provoke any further <laughs> anger. Where the fuck did your family live? Here! Here, we're from Julius! On the, on the streets? I. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hear this from you. I grew up on the streets, and even I learned not to fucking spit at people. What is wrong with you? He's an inner islander. Can't you hear it in his accent? He's one of them. He's one of the white yeah. prince's slaves. I'm adding my gold bag. Okay. Listen here, you little shit. This crew. You know what? Never mind. I'll drag him over to Captain John Winters. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'll kind of force him on his knees. I, I slap him across the face. Just uh, and when he's on his knees, I throw some silver at him and say, clean yourself up. You off. fucking bum. <laughs> mutters something under his breath and goes about picking up the silver as you leave. Oh, but here. Did I hear him? Oh, Did 20, you... sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got lucky. All right, let's keep going. This place is fucking weird. What's going on here? Maybe your friend's, uh, Got more influence in the sound than we thought. If this comes back to bite us in the ass, I want to point out I had no part in the trouble that you guys just caused. Now, okay, well, you well spit done, on him, Sale. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, that was defensive spittle, okay? <laughs> your man takes a punch at you, you punch back. We'll keep going. You make your way to the Crimson Drops. Um, it's a tavern here, right in the middle of this this whole port area. Uh, and inside you can see the flickering of candles and a big fire in the hearth. There's maybe half a dozen folks scattered around in the area, uh, in the, the common room, mostly clumped together. There's four people at one table and there's one person at the bar. And then there is a clerical looking figure tucked next to the fireplace, but like beside and slightly behind it the fireplace protrudes a little bit shining light out into the room and this person is sitting sort of in the corner where the that cone of light coming from the fireplace casts the darkest shadows um, they wear the unmistakable sign of ponos around their neck a, a little um spiral made out of purple some sort of bent metal somehow dyed with a that, that purple color i'm gonna look at john i'm gonna put my hand on him and say i'm gonna cast a spell on you okay all right. I cast uh, Reduce. I'm going to reduce him 10%. Make him a little bit smaller. Mm. <laughs> what the okay. fuck? Just want to make you less threatening, John. Uh, let's go. Let's have a talk, and I'll point to the bar. Archie, Sale, I'll do an introduction. I'll bring you over. Uh, you'll, know the, you'll know the sign. Let's I'm, let's, okay, yeah. I'm annoyed about that spell, but I, I won't say it in this moment. I, I walk behind Noran towards this guy. Okay. Ethan and Blake head to the bar as well, trying to avoid what all is going on. Uh, the two of you approach. The cleric. Uh, Norm will pull out the chair and sit down. Cleric will look up at you and glance over to John and glance over to the other people you came with. Um, Archie and Sale are going to the bar, right? Yep. And I we have cards. Can we play cards together so we can be distracted and not get into trouble? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fair. We okay. also play Knuckles again. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. True. True. The cleric gets up as you begin to pull out your chair and gives you a, a dip of the head. <clears throat> you must be the one I'm waiting for. It is I, the Great Merlin. Mm. 
He chuckles. And he looks over to John. Is this your manservant? No, this is my... the way around. I'm his captain. <laughs> my captain. Nice to meet you. Name's Waterford. Mm. I hold our hands to shake. He reaches out a hand to both of you. Vincent, pleasure to meet you. Vincent, the cleric of Ponos, is a short gentleman, maybe 5'3", uh, 111 pounds or so, somewhere in his 30s. Can I get a perception check for any more details and what you can pick up of this shadowy figure? Got it all. Oh, yeah. Uh, you will very quickly notice Nilrum, although I will still want John's roll. See if he notices too. Oh, okay. No. You can't make this out, John, so, you know, try not to listen. Oh. Um, but Nilrum, you can spot that this man is definitely half-elven in nature. As he reaches out to your hands, you can just feel the thinness of his bones, sort of like the the, the tightness around his wrists, the high cheekbones. Um, the hood that he wears covers his ears, but you're pretty certain this guy's a half-elf. Um, and he sits back down, motioning for both of you to sit with him. Well, well I'll sit. Take a seat. So, Vincent, what's this all about? We went out of our way a long way to get here. It's not every day that someone makes such magnificent sacrifices to Ponos. John knows about this, right? Yeah. Okay. Well, I saw it on the roof, right? Of the Normal. tower, that's what he's talking about, yeah? Yeah. Normal smile. I say, well, Reward my is, friend uh... here does have some very obscure interests. Reward's doing it alone, I think. Hmm. That's wonderful to hear. It's so hard to find good help these days, isn't it? Normal shrug. Actually found pretty good help recently. Uh, yeah. From my captain, I'll point over to the other crew members. <clears throat> they're all pretty, uh, they're all pretty good, but I can see Play, that, uh, uh, Yeah, hard to find people if you spend your days torturing folk, I imagine. Mm. Captain, let's calm it down there. <laughs> Sorry, no judgment. That's okay. It's good for them. They don't realize it in the moment, of course, but the, the pain that they feel, it motivates them. It drives them to do great things. No one that has ever lived a happy life has ever made anything of themselves. You're doing the Lord's work, Merlin. Captain Waterford. Actually, Nilrum, but um, he told me as, as much. He said, uh, I think he called me Blessed Child. Mm. Nilrum will smile a little bit. Hmm. Well, you are the one who reached out to our dear savior. What is it that you want? Normal frog. Tell you the same thing I told him. Uh, kind of just do it for fun. You know, I mentioned already we don't often get good devotees. I would love to persuade you to come more closely into the fold. There's very little we need of you. No tasks, no petty missions, no gods pestering you at the shoulders, asking you for this, that, or the other thing. Your heart is already in the right place. It would be nice, though, to have a clearer view of you, and with the appropriate oaths and symbols marking you as one of our own, 
Our Lord Ponos could more easily see your actions. He gives like a, a darting glare in the direction of the captain. Um, you want to wear like an amulet? Like uh, the Ponos symbol? Or what are you asking for here? Words of fealty. Forswearing all other deities other than Ponos and branding upon you his symbol so it may never be removed. Yeah, Vince. Is it uh, it's okay if I call you Vince? Listen. My name my is soul. Vincent. Father in, Vincent. My soul. It's in, you know, it, it's in high regard. There's Ponos here. He's not the only one making this kind of offer to me, so... I don't think I'm he's not offering. Captain. I don't want to. I don't want to offend anyone. I just laying it out there that I don't know what you've got going on. I'm not going to be doing that. I'm not going to be getting branded. I'm happy to let my friend here talk to you, do what he wants. But just so we're all more clear here, my soul. You know, you and your God can keep. No one will give keep. Vincent like a. You know, perhaps Captain Waterford. This conversation makes you too uncomfortable. You should join your friends at the bar. Don't worry. If you, Ponos wants Vin, nothing with you. Vince, if you don't mind, I'd just like to keep a eye on what's going on here. Like I said, no judgment. I've been through some crazy shit in my day. I just want to make sure that uh, my friend here is okay and that you're not leading him down a merry path, if you know what I mean. If Nilrum has no problem with you being here, I have no problem as long as you... Stop interrupting. That's the last thing I want to say on it. He looks I'm back to the room. <clears throat> I do have one question uh, before we do anything. Nilrum will think back to when Ponos uh, told him the name of what he believes to be a dragon. It was, um, what was the first part? Into. Tela. Tela. Fuck. Telemachium? Telemachy? Yeah, Telemachy. 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 I have it written down. I think it was an N. It's a Telemachy dragon, correct? Uh, T-E-L-O-M-A-K-I. Telemachy dragon. Telemachy. <clears throat> Nilrim will hush his voice and I guess like bring him, ask him to come closer. Lean in. So nobody can hear. I'll lean in and um have you ever heard of uh the Telemachy dragon? By legend and reputation. Can you tell me on it? Great beast that lives beneath the sea. Do you believe it's real? Yes. Most certainly. Although like many great beasts, there are periods of slumber and periods of activity. A great many things ascribed to Telemachy are simply coincidence. If he is awake, she, it, it, it is awake now. It has a great reach. If it still slumbers, quite a bit less so. Hmm. What is your interest? Now I'll tell with... you this. <clears throat> well... We'll get to that later. I'm willing to uh, wear the symbol, spread the good word of Ponos. Don't want to become a cleric. I don't want to feel chained down, if that makes sense. But I can swear to Ponos that I'm not going to go and fraternize with other gods. 
Um, if you accept kinda... the brand and swear off all other deities, high and low, not only will Ponos more happily smile upon you, but he will gift you something. Something I don't understand, but I've been instructed to find on your behalf. No remorse. Think for a second. <clears throat> What else would like to see and feel through your eyes and your heart? Watch the mayhem firsthand. No other requirements, just that you join spiritually with him. No duties, just allow him to view through you. He just wants to see the pain and suffering I cause? Like, question? Eyes and ears are important, and you are one. Have been a wonderful agent. But not a brand. How about a holy symbol? Or a symbol? I ask. Already doing it for fun. Maybe down the line, I'd be more uh, willing to be. What I'm trying to get at here is I just don't want to feel like uh, you know chained down by it. Hmm. That makes sense. Hmm. You are of course free to continue your rampage without any interference. Honos and I would be pleased to see what more is to come. The brand is a slight chain that cannot be denied. It prohibits you, prevents you for all time from joining with other deities. And it does allow his lordship to witness. But perhaps the gift in exchange would be something that might wet your whistle. Let me do you have it. a moment? I do. He gets up. Um, drops a couple of silver coins on the table and it will head out or, through the side door of the building. I'll look at the silver coins. What's the... Um, do I know where these are from? Hmm. I doubt that they're from the Dardens. Uh, they are from the Dardens. They get the white prince's face stamped right on them. Interesting. I'll take you into the alley. Behind, outside the building, you'll notice that there's another sort of like coughing person over here who's got a, a blanket huddled around them next to some water barrels, and they're just like kind of hacking up a, a wet sounding lung. And the I'll ask him, uh, "Are you from here?" The person in the alleyway? No, no, no. The cleric. Oh, as we're cleric. walking, the cleric bobs his head. Yes, this is my home. From deeper inland, of course come here to this bar to meet you. My family hails back on this island some five generations. The elven side or the human side? The human side. Where's the elven side from? If it's not a point of contention, I don't mean to make you uncomfortable. I apologize. I am a cleric of Ponos and a child of suffering. 
The story of my parents' union is not a pleasant one. I have no problem telling it if you have no problem hearing of violence and murder. I'll look to John. You want to hear the story or you want to... Yeah, I'll hear a story. All right, we'll hear it. He tells you a story of his father, who who was a a human that lived in this island, um, was a pirate, and they came across a ship one day that was transporting cargo and passengers from one place to another, leaving the Dardens and heading outward. They boarded it, took everyone hostage. Aboard was an elven woman who he took into captivity, and that was to uh, Vincent's mother. She didn't live very long after Vincent was born, so he never really knew her, but he that is his origin. His father has, you know, forsworn him and threw him off aside, cast him completely aside. He didn't want some half-elven scum that just happened to arrive from the brutal situation that occurs with pirates and elves. What's your father's name? <laughs> Wiley? <laughs> <laughs> His father's name was Homer. Homer what? Or was no he last name. No noble family. I don't know. Well, what have you got for me here? He'll lead you to a barrel, sort of down the street a little bit, um, tucked between a whole bunch of these other barrels that stacked around to gather rainwater in case of a fire, um, and go and like sort of pop off the lid, and inside this barrel is a a young person um you know a girl about 16 years old tied up she looks up at the the three of you i've been told that this child is the one you're looking for as a good cleric <laughs> i have not asked why or how or for what purpose. well maybe she's smart milrim that's what I think it is, Captain. Um, I'll cover the barrel. All right, where's this brand go at? I don't really mind Ponos viewing what I do. Maybe it'll lead me to more boons in the future. But again, I do this because I like it. Mm-hmm. Not because I'm looking for anything. Let me prepare the ritual. Tomorrow, after nightfall, meet me here. And he points back towards the bar. Um, I will have a room and a ritual prepared. Your friends are encouraged to come and witness, but not required, of course. What, um... The brand you can place anywhere on your body that you would like. What circle of spells do you know? I am familiar with the first two and have recently learned the third. None. Okay. Prayer ritual. Um, will this allow me to commune? Uh, you can always commune well. with Ponos. You've been doing it for a while now. But as you said, you ask for no chains, no tethers. And in exchange, there are but this one gift. The more you chain yourself to Ponos, the more he will ask of you, and the more he will give. But I... We... Recognize your free agency. Would not want to impose. Good. 
I'll help the girl out of the barrel. Uh, yep. You can pop the lid off again. Um, her hands are just bound behind her back. Her feet are tied together. It's pretty easy to pop her out and undo the, the binds on her, if you'd like. Oh, shit. 16. 15, 16, something like that. Is she elven? Is she human? She is human. I'll ungag her. Now, who are you? Where are you from? My name is Sylvie, she says, looking around. I'm... I'm... I'm from August. Where do I know? Is that to the east, south, inner island? Um, let's see. You know that there's a place called Port Augustus on Summerland, but there's also a town there called Port Julia. And here you are on Julius Dock Town, and she's talking about another Augustus. There, there's some very similar naming conventions between the island of Summerland and the island of Alba, and, and it's not quite clear which one she's from. I'll ask. Are you from Summerland? She shakes her head. Are you from Alba? Oh, the heart of Alba. Anon. She Come quickly to the shuts her mouth. Yeah, I need a drink. Uh, the yeah, cleric drink. will settle a, a hand on her shoulder before you take her away. Um... Not to be discourteous, but tit for tat. Tomorrow? Respectfully, I'll move his hand. I'll put my hand out. You have my word. We'll stay in the tavern. A single nod uh, from the cleric, who then gives you a deep bow and disappears through the dark alleyways, allowing you to... Is the gal back in the barrel? Is she coming with us? Sorry. Come with us. Nice. The girl comes with you, and you all head into the tavern. While we're here, hey, why don't we... Oh, go ahead. Oh, okay. How did you find yourself in that barrel? Jumped in it, Captain. That man... That man took me. When? Last couple of weeks ago, I think? it's It's been a while since I've been in there. They feed you? <laughs> she, shakes, she shakes her head. No. no so you've been he, in the barrel he, for a couple of weeks. I think so. And you He's, haven't eaten. He's fed me, and right. watered well, me, and let me out to use the bathroom. We'll get you some food. Are you my drink. owner now? She says, no. confused. I nothing like that. I don't really Come know yet. I'll go into the so You might be destined for greatness. Give her mm -hmm. a smile. Okay. You head into the uh, tavern together. I uh, uh, I get a I get a pint and sit down at the table with Archie and Sail and give her a. Some weird shit. What's happening back there, Captain? What's... Well, weirdly. This guy, this cleric, with Ponus, yeah. wants to brand Nilrim with Ponus' sigil. Very similar to what we were doing, actually. Sail. Yeah. Considering... I got the impression that we were just making that up as we went along. Turns out... Uh, it was pretty correct. Maybe my <clears throat> clerical instincts were on point, Captain. I'll kind of, like, divide my brow. And like look around and be like, and so where is the cleric? I thought you were introducing us to him. Yeah, he disappeared. Some ritual to brand but uh, he's given Nilrim this uh, this child here. Uh huh. <laughs> Who would put a huh. child in Nilrim's care? I'll start like, like this is the well, worst thing you can the do. The god of suffering. That's obviously. like that's like giving <laughs> it's like giving a head to a fox. Am I right? Yeah. <laughs> no, 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 no
The girl looks around gonna... the table at everyone, but like doesn't really show a lot of emotion. Sort of like coldly calculating everyone's laughter and gathering the you know the opinions of you about Nilram and the situation. All right, I think we need some shots. I'll go to the bar. I'm gonna try and get everyone to loosen up a little bit. Especially I'm gonna give her the a guy. math test. Shots a thing in this world? Yeah. Shots? Totally. Rum. Yeah. Rum shots. Yeah, I just buy a bottle of rum and get like some small glasses and I pour everyone around and yeah. Does she drink? Wow, I mean that's up to Nilrum. Well, she's taking a math test. Or... Yeah. Yeah, you have to ask me, Captain. Nilrum's <laughs> responsibility. She's gotta do. She's gotta do her homework real quick, and I'll give her a quick test to see if she yeah. is the intelligent lady that I think that she is, because she was cold and calculating by watching mm -hmm. people. Real quick, hey. I'll like slam my hand on the table and be like, "I call Godfather." How <laughs> <laughs> terrifying for her. Um, you put the drink in front of her and she looks at it and looks at the rest of you and sort of pushes the drink a few inches away from her. Uh, I ask her the questions as they're drinking. Yeah, it'll take a few hours to get a good judge of someone. You know, there's always a chance yep. that someone gets lucky, so it's going to take a little while. Um, but at the end of, of your questioning, uh, you see that she has about 17 int. It's the perfect... It's the perfect amount. Not smart enough to overthrow me, but smart enough that it's not going to piss me off. Normal smile. Say, Ponos, you've right. done it again. Captain. I'll pick up a drink, a glass. I'd like yes. to propose a toast to our new uh, wizard assistant. Congratulations. What's your name? I think you get to name her, Nilrum. Show the girl some respect lest she cut your throat in the night. My name is Sylvie. Sylvie. Well, Sylvie, I'm uh, <clears throat> Nilrim, the greatest wizard to ever live. And uh, you are my new apprentice. Welcome aboard the Crimson Fist. And I'll say it loudly. Sylvie. Does anybody in the bar notice? Mm -hmm. Does she know the name? She doesn't seem to know the name. Apprentice? No, you're destined to be a great wizard. Not a slave? Nope. Not a slave. Not turning me into a working girl? No, you're gonna be a wizard. This is quite the good day for you. I'll, I'll turn to Nilrim and say, I don't think when you're done training her, anyone could force her to do anything. She'll level cities if she wants to. She reaches I forward and grabs so. a shot, takes it and slams it down. Then there does the, go. like, I want a contract. Ah, yeah. Ah, face. Um, we know her int is seventeen. I will let you roll the rest of her stats right oh. now. Forty sixty one, or what are we doing? Three d six. Three d six for the remainder of the stats. Down the line. Down the line. All right, strength fast. It's gonna be my new character, boys. Okay. <laughs> True. <laughs> Seven. Not strong. Six. That's all right. Twelve. That's fine. Calm. That's no, okay. Can't be okay. or can't be the good wizard. Seventeen int. Willpower. Willpower. Twelve. Charisma. Mm -hmm. Charisma. Eight. No perception. Perception. Fourteen. Uh, yeah, that's not bad actually. Yeah. Well, perception's not bad considering we all have low perception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. actually has one health per level. Incredible stats. Give me a D ten, please, for her handedness. We want ten, right? She is right-handed, and give me a D10 for her sexual alignment. She is heterosexual. And HP, right? 
Uh, yes, and a D6 for her HP. That's not bad. Uh, her grub score, what is that? Uh, 3D6 as well. Okay. Nice. nice. What else do we got? That's it, right? <laughs> say it. Well, you could do height, height and weight. Oh, hotness, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. She's... That's no, good. It's probably, it's probably best for her. Yeah. It's probably best, yeah. yeah. It is. Well, this was an eventful trip. I didn't think we were coming here to collect a Did small child. Or should I? Uh, I'm making her a sheet right now. Awesome. Uh, I will... Um... Sorry, what did she say her name was? Sylvia. Sylvie. She says, Sylvie. emphasizing the shortness of it. We're going to be here another day, Sylvie. So uh, why don't tomorrow, myself and Archie and Sale here, we'll head down to the market and get you some clothes or whatever you want. She bobs her head. How about we take her down there, Captain, and let her buy whatever she wants. My. That's what I just said. From my coffers. <clears throat> oh, sure. Yeah. That's a good point, Nolan. You're responsible for this. Right. That man said something about looking through you, seeing through you, committing yourself to Ponos? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I, no one will tell her about the whole, uh, he'll tell her proudly about what he did in the mm. spire. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's probably gonna be horrified, but no one's pretty happy about it, you know? It was ingenious. She stays sort of like cold and expressionless, trying not to show emotion one way or the other, trying not to like seem enthusiastic or horrified as best as possible, just sort of like absorbing what's coming towards her. But in the process of this conversation, something is going to become sort of apparent to Sale. She talks about. She sort of reiterates a few times the, like, seeing through you, hearing through you, seeing through your eyes, feeling through your heart. And Sale, you're pretty aware that if someone can see through his eyes and feel through his heart, if that means they can also hear through his ears, which wasn't exactly said, that the one beneath the sea, the drowned god's name, will eventually be spoken in Nilrum's presence and eventually be heard by this Ponos deity. Is that something that we should be concerned about? Um, so that would become apparent to me. That would probably be something I would want to talk to Nilrum privately about. Mm, okay. All right, well, then the conversation can continue until everyone gets too tired or too drunk to do anything. Um, you can sleep on the boat on the top deck. The weather's kind of chilly. There's a bit of fog in the air, uh, but or you could like find a tavern here in, uh, an inn here in town if you want. I don't know if you have a preference. Norm size. I assume you're not going to run, are you, Sylvie? Where? I'm alone. I have no money. I have no family. A man kept me in a barrel for a week, and no one came to help me. Where would I go? What, uh, what did your parents do when you were growing up? You a peasant? She nods. Yes. My mother took care of 
a lot of household duties. My father worked in the fields for the the Baron. Um, I'm gonna let I you make a choice. Five siblings. My mother raised us all. I'm not gonna tie you up. You can stay in my room. Uh, this is the best lot in life you're ever gonna receive or get to become a wizard. Chances like this don't come often. If you want, you can try and run off. You'll probably succeed. But the best you're ever going to do is exactly what your mother did. And you should have higher aspirations for yourself. So, keep that in mind tonight. Mm. You have the chance to become a wizard and become a great one. Mm. Choose your fate. I'll sleep on it. Well, figure it out by morning. With your uh, new teachings that I have to do, I won't have time for your wishy-washiness. So figure out anything you have to figure out tonight. Stay up if you have to. Yep. And she will. Um, okay. I think as yeah, everyone we, heads off. We lighten the mood a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Sale, you said you wanted to have a... You might need a private conversation with Nilrum. I think that the time for that has arrived. Yeah. You can pull him aside while you guys head to wherever it is you're going to sleep for the night. Yeah, I will I will ask him. Uh, Nilrum, I need to speak to you privately. Um, uh, what's up, Sale? There is a problem, a conflict that needs to be resolved here um, about the, the drowned one situation. When I was bound to him, I was told to let no one hear his name. Now, kind of fucked that up already. <laughs> no one laughs a little bit. Well, I think you <laughs> fucked that up for me, right? Well, you're a little loud. Just because my ears are nearby. <laughs> but I got away with that so far, right? Um, right. I, I'm getting a sense that if you pledge to, to you know, he'll, he'll hear the name. And I feel like that's, that's like the trigger for my oath to be broken. And then I'll make I'm you a deal. Done. You only say it when you're casting spells, correct? I'm what I'm calling his attention to me. I'm not planning on listening in to you casting spells anymore. My curiosity was peaked the day that uh, I almost got swallowed up into the ocean. When you cast spells, I'll stay away. I won't listen. When you call so-and-so to you, I'll stay away. I won't listen. Shouldn't be a conflict. Um, I don't hear it, or I probably haven't heard it in months. Yes, but there's also the problem that you know it and you think it and thoughts are intrusive. And maybe well, if he hears your thoughts, he smells your smells, hears your hears, and hears what you hear, tastes what you taste. He will be, for all intents and purposes, seeing through you. I think that's a problem. I don't no think Normal will ask you a question. Um... Does the does this mean anything to you? 
Telemachy Lenorum dragon? Absolutely nothing. That's why I wanted to talk to the cleric to find out more. <laughs> well, you can talk to the cleric tomorrow. We're going through my uh, ritual, but still, you have my word. You know my word is my bond. I promise that um, I will not lay a hand on you. I will not uh, go out of my way to disturb anything that you're doing with uh, the drowned one. I don't th I don't doubt your intentions, Nilrum. I doubt that it is possible for you to not. You're just going to have to trust me. <laughs> How's that worked out for a lot of people? Has it worked out for you so far? Uh, so far, it's pretty good. But this is the first time where you've had to come to blows. And I don't think... I think I may have to draw a line in the sand here. I don't know if I can get past this without... Now, maybe if I was able to talk to the drowned one first and ask his opinion, I could figure out a way. But as it stands, I'm hard stuck. Look, my life is on the line, Nyarum. You know what it's like. You don't want to die either. I get it, but Sale, <laughs> you telling me I can't do something, that's not going to fly for me. <laughs> I am a free bird. I'm a free spirit. I need to be able to do what I want, you know? And uh, to be honest, he'll point to Sylvia. Sylvie. Uh, Sylvie. <laughs> I, uh, I really need an apprentice. And um, I kind of just like doing the Pono stuff. It's not like a big deal. You can talk to the drowned one. I'll point to the ocean. He's right there. I ask you to ask him. Uh... He does Be careful about what I just lesson. told you, though. Uh, he owes me a lesson. Come with me to the sea. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going to ask him to make it so you can never hear his name again. So you, you will be deaf to his name forever. And you will forget it. I want you to go have a conversation with him and see if that's even possible first. And I, where I, caution you um, against saying the Telemachy Lenorum dragon thing. I'm upset that you even told it to me if it's dangerous knowledge, because I have nothing I'm I not can do with it. I'm not sure if it is actually. I I just don't know. Well, I I do appreciate that. Look, I I think this is like the best solution, but I'll go talk to him first. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so I will go consult with Rohi and I will, this, this time I like, I'm not accepting like wind. I'm not accepting like Sam. He, I'm talking to him. <laughs> it's it's mm -hmm. like I'm beseeching him. Okay. You had, you know, it's time for our break here. Why don't we do Rohi on the other side of our break? You guys soon. Right. Hello, everybody. <clears throat> Welcome back to Tides of Death. Yes. Um. I okay. encourage at least Archie to stay up drinking with me. I know that Sail and Nolram have got a bit of a conversation going on, but I intend yep. to uh, enjoy the night here. Yep, Archie's going to drink a lot of alcohol. Well then, Archie... will go back to his room. 
with uh, Sylvie. Mm-hmm. Archie and Captain John, you say you're staying yes. up drinking. Tell me yep. a little bit more about, are you all drinking on the boat? Are you drinking in the no, tavern? Are you the, drinking in, in your tavern, in-room? Yeah. In the tavern. We're not animals at meal. Yeah, for sure. We got to make the most of being on land in a civilized town. Right. Um, we get pissed. You know, we sing, we sing some songs. Maybe we buy a couple of rounds for anyone who's still there, like, yeah. once it starts to slow down. The mood, well, it was pretty slow to begin with, but the mood in the tavern is pretty depressed. Um, your songs are like the only light of joy in here other than like the warm firelight that flickers across the, the floor. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone else sort of like gives you weird looks and sort of you know, more tightly knits themselves together and tries to drown out your happy singing songs with whatever whispered conversations they're having. I, uh, after a while, uh, after one of my songs finishes, I'll, I'll stand up knocking my chair over behind me as I as I rise to my feet. And I turn to the tavern with like a tankard in hand and say, what the hell's up with all of you? You're all so bloody dour. Cheer up. There are a Archie couple will... of looks, but mostly ignoring you. Archie will try to start to get a sea shanty going. <laughs> but like hook his arms under like another guy's arms, try to get him to, get him to come with him. Yeah, try to shake you off without really talking to you. What for real? What's wrong with all of you? There's no white prince. Feels like a good place. Little bars on the windows. What's going on in this town? Who the fuck are you? Says one of the people at the table with the four. Why the hell are you outsiders coming in and getting involved in our business? We're meeting a friend. We're enjoying ourselves. You know, when I get on land, I like to have a good time. It's hard looking at your miserable faces all night. Maybe we can help. What's up? My man here beat dinosaurs to death. No yeah, problem. I do. We can't solve with those two fists. Yep. You can't solve depression. <laughs> can, can you try. pick turnips with your fists? <laughs> hmm? Can you harvest cabbage? Can you make the ground fertile and grow? That's what it is. You guys are just poor. Not enough food. He rolls your eyes at you, shakes his head, and says, Get back to your sea and your wenches. Captain, what's his face? Leave us alone. No need for that. Listen, mate. Just for one smile, I pull out back and hand it to him. Fifty gold coins in it. You know he's gonna smile. <sighs> he gives you a, a big, broad grin with three teeth missing in it. I need you to mean it. All right, no, I'm sorry. I take it back. I give it to the next guy. What about you? This is bully. <laughs> you know, if you really want to know what the problem is. Now what's okay? Licks his lips a little bit. <clears throat> you should head into August. Where's that? He points away from the the dock up into the mountains. It's the capital city. You'll find all what's the that? answers you need there. The other ones nearby oh. kind of give a bit of a chuckle. <laughs> All right, that's what I like to say. I throw the bio. Yeah, I'm taking that off the the party wow. sheet. Take it off your own tab. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fine. Gamble your own wages. Archie, no one here is having any fun. No one here is yeah. having a good time. That that doesn't really it feels like non-Archie vibes. It's not. 
It's really not. It's really depressing. Um, he's been trying to drink a lot of alcohol to make himself feel better about it, but... Mm -hmm. It's not working. Uh, mm. What is Sarchi going to do about all this? Just gonna he's gonna try. To, he's, gonna, he's gonna try to tell a joke. Okay. Do you need a minute, or or do you got one? I, I don't have one. <laughs> That's perfect. So Archie tells a joke off the cuff of his shoulder without having one prepared. Wait, I lost. You should get like a charisma roll or something, right? Sure, sure. Just hoping to put him on the spot and make him. Well, we need a twenty. One. Oh, I know I got one. Okay. All right, everyone, listen up. <clears throat> What's a pirate's favorite place, huh? Mm. Arcadia. <laughs> you can take two percentage of experience points for that. that was... Oh, it's good. It's good. How did you even come up with that? That's that was really good. It's a good one, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> they chuckle. There's a good laugh around the table. <laughs> um, sail your turn now buddy hello you head to the water <clears throat> seeking answers dark night you can find uh, maybe a spot at the base of the dock where there's a little bit of light from that lantern out there that at least will show you where the waves are crashing or you can bring or make your own light um, but you'll need some amount uh yeah i'll bring a torch with me of some kind okay you have some on the boat so it's not difficult to go light a torch and then you know set up by the, the water here um worst case scenario i can cast light <clears throat> mm-hmm you find yourself at the water's edge. And I, with every fiber, I'm calling out to Rohi mentally. And like, I'm like saying his name quietly. And I'm like visually thinking about the dilemma I am in. And I'm like, I don't know exactly how the connection to him works. Really but this is, like, this is like this is like we've picked up the red phone right we're dialing mm. the white house the mm -hmm. rohi house when you pick up the red phone you call the white house is that not how that works that means you're a russian oh <laughs> <laughs> i thought he just had a red phone sorry i don't know how okay. that works they they both have red phones one goes one way one goes the other way but it's fine doesn't matter um, you know what? Maybe I am a Russian. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm calling Rohi mm -hmm. as, as hard as, as strongly as I can. And it's kind of like a, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like if he's wishy-washy and slow, I'm standing here and I'm walking into the water further and I'm mm -hmm. calling more and he's more. Screaming and more. You go into the I water, scream. you call his name, you reach out to him and you can feel that presence there. You know, you can feel your necklace begin to sort of like spin that little bit of sandstone that you use to cast your spells to like twist itself as you lean forward and untwist itself blows a little bit in the still air unnaturally bumping against your chest uh yeah I guess I go further into the water and I keep calling him and yeah. I'm like I need and I'm like I need answers Rohi 
Rohi. I need answers. Mm-hmm. I need your help. This is a crisis, Rohi. Yes. Yes, he's here with you. You've got his attention. It takes a few minutes, but he's here. You can feel it. What do you uh, <laughs> I need a solution to the problem of Nilrum pledging to Ponos. Now, I got away with sharing your name. Immediately, to... the water begins to lower and the tide begins to recede. Continue, though. Um, I got away with sharing your name against your wishes with my closest crew who I can keep an eye on and protect. But I assume that if... I won't say his name again. If he hears your name, then you've got a problem. The tide has fully receded and washed out beyond the edge of your torchlight. You were up to your thighs, mid-thigh, in the salt water, and now the whole of it has just, like, vacated your presence. And then you can hear sort of, like, the distant roar of a large wave and breaking into view is a 12-foot wave that crashes onto the ground and sweeps you up onto the shore, plunging your light out entirely and then dragging you back into the water a wee bit. Not enough to drown you, but definitely enough to throw you from your feet. You can feel the rage and anger in the crashing wave on you. You can feel the force of it tossing you about and with it comes like very deep rumble that you feel in your feet more than here in your ears a clearly uh, a clear cry of rage from the sea <laughs> i need a solution not your fury the waters what do we have splash up and over you again and as they like cover your ears for a moment as the waves come in and out um, as as long as it's covering your ears you can hear the distant voice never it washes out and washes back in again you can never none of them never it rises in tone they will come for you they will find you the white prince will be the smallest of your problems the cleric must die he knows too much already the waves splash in and out. Never. I have kept a low profile. Never. It splashes in and out. All right. Um. <sighs> Might be about time you give me that blessing, though, because I'm going to need some help. What can you offer me? You can either... And I hate that I have to say this. Help me kill Nilrum, or help me kill the cleric. Cleric is the easier one, but I don't think he's going to let his allegiance to another god go. Tides return to their normal area. There's a distant sort of far-off roll of thunder, sort of like a, a tropical storm in the far, far distance, that sort of gentle...
If you put your head beneath the waters, you can hear Rohim more clearly. He'll tell sure. you that he cannot kill the cleric himself. That would be the same yeah. as saying his name in front of the cleric. That would be revealing himself to the cleric. I just need to know where he is. Um, yes. Follow the light, Rohi says, as lightning splits the sky. And you can see the bolt sort of streaks down somewhere towards the mountains. Um, it'll flash again a few minutes later. And I will begin following the light. Mm-hmm. The lightning will lead you sort of in the direction of the mountains, away from town, away from the water. Uh, but once you get to the far side of town, uh, lightning will strike again, this time more northernly. And you'll head off the, the trail. This is like an actual road that leads up towards the mountains. It gets pretty dark out here, but with the occasional flash of lightning, you can come to a temple. Uh, just a little bit outside of town. There's some old sort of gnarled trees nearby whose leaves have fallen away. Is spring, late spring, so maybe they just haven't quite blossomed yet again. Um, maybe they're, you know, dead trees. You'll find a small temple here. One story, a couple of columns out front, a little gentle entryway, the big spiral of Ponos emblazoned upon the doorframe, and there are lights inside, candle lights. Um, you can see kind of bleeding through the crack in the door frame. There's no windows. Uh, buildings maybe 15 by 10. Small peaked roof. Mostly there... upkept well. It's nighttime, but do I get the impression that like there are several like servants and people who live here? Mm, not necessarily. It's a, it looks like a smallish temple, so it would be unlikely to have a lot of people living here. You would expect or most the... of the area to be consumed by the actual temple, and then maybe like a small living quarters off to the side or underground. That's what I'm thinking. Is it more like like a church? Like maybe there's like a maid, and like the, you know, the main guy, the maybe. priest or whatever. Yeah. So I'm not like walking into a fortress of a bunch of people. Okay. That would be a surprise for you. Gotcha. Um. So I think I have to kill him non-magically in order to make it as least obviously as possible. I am going to start searching around and looking for anything that looks like a living quarters. <clears throat> yeah, you'll walk around the whole of the temple real quick and you will find there is one window on uh, the back right side of it from the position of the front door. And it's got like shutters across it that are, are tied shut right now. So you can't really see in. Um, but this does appear to be maybe a living quarter that has a window for some amount of light attached to it. You'd have to break open the shutters or, or something like that, which would definitely make a lot of noise. Um, it is a living quarter, so I can't see inside. I can't get like a good picture of what's going on. Mm -mm. No, no, no. Shutters are shut. Right. Um, yeah, 
I guess I will... Do I knock or do I just go in? Let me think. I'm going to try the door and see if it opens. <clears throat> I'm going to try it very opens. gently. Yeah. Very gently. Yeah, yeah. It's just like a little thumb latch and you click, you push down and it clicks up and you can begin to push it forward and it begins to slide fairly easily. You can hear the humming of a person inside going about their work, hum, you know, humming some uh, nameless tune to themselves. What do I see? Mm -hmm. Like if I peek through the crack? There is a, a gentleman in dark robes. He looks very much like the cleric that you saw in the tavern earlier. But his back is to you, so the face isn't observable. And he's going around and setting um, candles on like little platforms and sills about the room. Uh, and then, you know, you're watching for a few moments. So you can see the candle gets set here and a candle gets set here. And then like pause and then adjusting the positions between them a little bit more and glancing about the room and sort of readjusting things. Yeah, I'll draw my rapier and like walk into the room and have it pointed at him. And I'm basically going to try and push him against the wall and hold it against his throat. Um, he rolls a natural one on his perception check and you manage to walk into the room and open the door without him noticing. Still humming to himself, lost in thought and action. You have complete surprise and drop on this person. Yeah, I would like to attempt to cover him uh, with my rapier. Yeah. Easy, done. Um, you alert yourself enough that he turns and immediately the rapier goes to the neck and the hands go up. The cleric says, I am a cleric. You wouldn't dare harm a servant of the gods, even if you disagree with my position. I will give him a big old smile. And is, does it look a lot like the guy from the tavern? Totally, is, same I, guy, 100%. And I say... <laughs> I just want you to worship him properly. And then I'll slit his throat. Um, or I, I make an attack roll, I guess. Yeah, <clears throat> he's not going to go down quite so quickly. Um, worship him properly. He'll try to choke out a word in between, but it sounds like you're you're going for the kill here, which is perfect. You get an attack at... I'm looking up the exact bonus, but it's a pretty good one. Uh, it's automatically wins initiative, critical drops to 16, plus 2 to hit. Perfect. There we go. Uh, go ahead and give me an attack roll. This is just going to be such a bad roll. I know it. Oh, God damn it. Is that including so your plus 2? That's not a plus 2. Okay, so that will bring you to an 11, which is a hit. The rapier slashes out. He tries to, like, block towards the throat as it goes. You land a score on him. Oh, oh. Yes. Nice. Um, Let me just get a quick little cleric token here. Cleric's d10? Uh, d8s for hit points. Yeah. He will cry out in pain as your rapier slices through his face and neck, leaving him bloody and bleeding. You notice he doesn't have any weapons on him in the moment, um, but he does have the candles that he was placing around, which are not lit. So they're really not <laughs> good weapons at all, actually. Um, but he, he will speak to you on his turn. Where is it? Dark, scary-looking cleric. This is good enough. 
and you did seven damage. Drop by that much. Um, we should roll initiative between the two of you. Uh, yes. And I will give you oh, a token shit. from which to roll your initiative. Gil is here. I think my health should probably be higher because I've had several days of rest. Yeah, I think by now everyone's probably maxed, actually. Yeah, you're probably full. It's been like gotcha. two weeks. Right. Three weeks? Yeah. Um, um, I am going to attempt to drop my rapier and stay in a grapple and prevent him from using his hands to cast. Ooh. So. Okay. Roll me a d10 plus three. Damn it. Oh, no. Uh, the cleric of suffering. Oh, man. Excellent. Uh, doesn't we'll have old person. Just grab the blood from his face and use that as his spell component. Oh no. It's his spell list. Here we go. Oh. Nope, doesn't have that spell memorized. What spell was it? Old person. <laughs> Does not have it, unfortunately. Um, but does he have command? That is... Yeah. He will point a finger at you. Actually, his casting time should have been a little bit lower. Point a finger at you and utter a single word. Um, it'll be grovel. And I need you to make me a saving throw versus spell modified for wisdom? Uh, he so might have I... a plus two or three. I don't know his wisdom. Yeah, um, what's your... 60, 16 willpower. Uh, how do, so what do I... On your t uh, basic tab, under your plus wisdom two. willpower, you'll see on the far right, there's a... Uh, I'm sorry, on the far left, spell there's failure. a mental defense adjust. It's two. two yeah, so make me a saving throw versus spell at plus two. So I'll just click spell and then add yeah. two. Mm -hmm. That is a success, oh. just barely. You feel the compulsion of Onos here, trying to force you into a position to grovel, um, but you can resist it well enough that it shake it off and take your action. Yeah, as I attempt to grapple him, uh -huh. I, will um. say, I will say I already have orders. <laughs> easy oh, nice. you grab him by the shoulders slam him into the wall uh, wrap his hands slightly behind his back give me an opposed strength check here I, this is, this is where my time to shine baby the strongest <laughs> cleric in the dark ends <laughs> yeah you slam him and bind him he glares at you who the hell do you think you are? Who are you who would resist the gods? Not even one of the White Prince's men would lay a hand on me. Uh, do you know what hell you bring down upon yourself? 
Of course I do. I'm sending you to it. And then I'm going to bite him <laughs> in the neck and try to Jesus tear out his Christ. throat. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and give me an attack roll. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> at least at plus four. He's held. Yeah, yeah. Attack roll at plus four. I think them's the rules. Uh, I'll just do a regular unarmed attack. I don't know how to mm -hmm. do Nope, that's it. Stuff. Yep, yep. At plus four is a 19. You grab his uh, neck with your teeth. <laughs> Roll me d4 for Holy damage shit. as you begin to rip the flesh from him. Yeah, it's a... a oh, that was... just a, oh, that's only a d2. Please roll me a d4. I clicked on arm, but I thought it was a d4. My bad. You take a chunk out of his neck. And the crimson drops fall from it onto the floor around him. He will. Oh. But, oh, I guess I can just use these dice over here. Uh, 1d20 plus. That's going to be his. Uh, it's as you're biting his neck that your your sandstone medallion sort of pops out of your, your shirt a little bit and bumps up against him. And there's a pause on his face while he's like staring at you and looking at that. He looks up at you and despite, you know, the, the chunk missing from his neck and the, the rapier slash against his face and through his chest a little, you go, who, what? That's no holy symbol I've ever seen. And his resistance sort of stops. Um, and he sort of like almost does the going limp thing. Who? Who do you serve? He says. Sing a little bit with the pain. Uh, I serve you, your god, as well. <laughs> I'm here to make you suffer, and I'll All attack right. him again. Uh, well, give me an, an opposed initiative roll, just regular initiative, I suppose that's called. Um, he cannot do any of that, but he will try to just throw you off of him with an opposed strength check. His strength, however, is only nine. Do I just roll strength? Uh, no, roll me initiative. Oh, initiative. Oh. Yeah. Well, I guess that roll doesn't count then. What was, uh, nope. If that 3d6 was for willpower, I, I don't think a cleric of Ponus would only have nine, right? No, no, the 3d6 was strength. Oh, okay. Oh, no, the the, the uh, perception was the last one, the 23. That's what it was. Yeah. Okay. We should probably do the these because there's actual combat now. Wrong one. Right, chat. The Ponus cleric might have a theory on us still. <laughs> He's a third level cleric. Okay. Third is that Semitic only? Uh, it is. Throw you off. Your turn, Sale. What are you going to do? Uh, I guess I'm going to continue to grapple him. Like, if I can get my mm -hmm. arm around his neck to choke him out. Just yeah, you want to increase your hold from a grapple to a, a pin? Is that a thing I can do? Yes, the rules for it are sometimes a little bit cumbersome, um, but there is a, an improved grapple that you can get. We usually sort of avoid them because it's a bit messy. Yeah, I think we'll just stay at this kind of a grapple. Like, I just want to be like, this is a dirty fight, basically. Mm -hmm. Where I'm, I want to be, I'm not casting spells. He, he's not casting spells. This is like two people fighting to live. Yeah. Okay. It goes from a grapple to a lock. 
um, would be the thing here. And all you need to do is make a successful attack roll, and you can improve it from grapple to lock. Sure. Uh, and I think thing. you... Yeah. Bearing. Start. Here's full tech missile, protect wind, character's able to. Attacker tries to improve his grip in another opposed attack roll as described as above. They both fail, there's no change. If the defender wins, there's some damage. If the attacker wins, it goes. Uh, Minus two to AC for defenders with unusually supple bodies. Nice little quote from the book here. <laughs> How supple is this cleric? <laughs> He's not particularly supple. So you will uh, fail and he will fail. So you don't improve your grip whatsoever, but you don't break it whatsoever either. You don't have high strength, do you? I have 15 strength. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Uh, the cleric will attempt to... Uh, he's going to attempt a headbutt. He's just going to try and smash his forehead into your nose. So 1d20. Whap! It is a... I think that's a hit on you. That is a hit, correct. Yes. It does not clear by five, so it does not crit. But the head into your face will do four points of damage as he slams it onto the bridge of your nose, making you bleed. Um, yep, I will continue just grappling this man. Uh, so let's say I do get him pinned. Does that mm -hmm. allow me to essentially, like, just choke him out? Or will he continue to resist? Um, if you achieve a lock, I think you do automatic damage every round. It's been a while since I've read these rules. Um, lock defenders become held. If the defender would... Da -da 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 -da. Lock defenders become held. Held defenders break free. The other way around, though. The attacker. Why aren't you eating flaming hot Cheetos? Fucking idiot. Because I don't get them in Germany. All right, characters who become locked suffer one of the following effects chosen by the attacker. Um, you can throw, you can take them down, you can slam them, press them, hammer them, manipulate them, carry them. Um, on When you throw them, they, you deal damage and knock them prone. Take them down, they go down the same exact square. Take a little bit of damage, damage. This is why we don't normally do these rules because they're too complicated. There's too many. There's too many subcategories and too many subgroups. Sure, um, let's uh, keep it simple then. Where I'm yeah. just like trying to stay at a grapple level constantly. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we can attacking. say, you, yeah, and you can just improve your grip. So you know, bind his arms behind his back or something um, with your attack. Go ahead and uh, if you want to just do damage, it's just damage. Where you can try to improve your grip to give yourself advantages on attacking and him disadvantages on attacking. I just want to keep him from spellcasting, so I'm going cool. to keep uh, yeah. doing Yeah, this is great. 
yeah, you're just in a good spot. You're both sort of grappled. You've got his arms pinned against the wall behind him, so he can't really move. Um, and he is not trying to cast spells. You win initiative and beat the ever-living shit out of him for how much damage? Um, it's going to be a probably a d4 here with you guys being so close quarters. You've got your teeth and your head available to you. Yeah. yeah. Minus two to this the This is player. a brutal fight. Is what I want to convey that this is like. <sighs> He's going for a kick to your crotch with his knee, uh, and it is a fumble. It just gets your thigh instead, and he wrestles, trying to pull himself free from you, but without any any advancement. Um, initiative on the roll, and he on this after he try he fails to kick you in the crotch. He calls out, and he starts chanting to his god. Ponos! Ponos! Your servant is in dire needs. I have done what you've asked. I've brought the girl to the man. What more do you need of me? Ponos! He calls. I will say he needs you to suffer. And then I'll attack him again. <laughs> I'm a wisdom check, Koibu, to see if Ponos answers. <laughs> Um, ooh, Ponos will at least, you know, sort of like be aware that his cleric is in trouble. Which is bad for sale. Ooh, yeah. It could be worse. Could be worse. Could be. Yeah. Ponos is a busy man. Um, you have one initiative. Go ahead and do your shit. I think 16 hits. Uh, 16 hits. Yep. What it would define your attack. Uh, like, what are what are these things that you're doing? I'm headbutting him in the mouth. Like, yeah. I'm trying to like, break his jaw with my forehead. He begins to call out. He rolled a uh, maximum on initiative. You rolled minimum on initiative. So I guess he's he starts to call out to Ponos when you slam your forehead into his teeth, sort of breaking them inward, and he spits out blood and loosened teeth onto the ground around you. His uh, cries of Ponos, Ponos get cut off as like the, the blood soaks his mouth and the pain rattles through his face. Uh, on this round, he is going to try and break free from you. So give me an opposed strength check. Oh, he does so good. He does the best he could possibly do. 28 on the strength Damn. check. And you're 21. So he will, on this round, wrestle free of you, kind of breaking the arms off off of him and sliding to the ground and scrambling away. And we'll roll initiative, and he will try to cast a spell. Uh, whoops, hold on. That's not the initiative roll. That's going to be modified by... Illness is plus one. <laughs> I'm going to attempt to regrapple. Uh, no. He is going to cast. What would he have on hand here? Yeah, I was just looking for a spell with less than four speed. I, I didn't even. I haven't seen his initiative. Roll I already yet. gave him the best spell he could fucking use right here. No, he can't run away. He needs to kill. The Ponos cleric? Fuck no, yeah. not at this HP. Also, well, there's like just... no good third level spells for damage. No. Mm -hmm. Except for lightning. Could... Or call uh, lightning. Call lightning, yeah. 
Yeah, and that takes a long time. He's just stand there when I beat him. <laughs> <laughs> Try to channel. I mean, he needs like cause fear, maybe Neil. That would be pretty good. Aid like, like, help him. Curse. Blindness I mean, I'm and not deafness. just picking any of the spells no, off the list. Not. I'm trying to find something that he would Wait, reasonably have memorized on any day. That's um, the spell. Doesn't that need people to do? No. When the spell is cast, the priest's body shudders and glows with a shimmering aura as it becomes a vessel for the power of his god. Okay, so he increased the initiative I rolled by two to a ten. Uh, and Sale rolls a twelve. Excellent. He will cast Withdraw. By means of the spell, the priest in oh. effect alters the flow of time with regards to himself. Well, but one round spell. of time passes for those not affected by the spell. The priest is able to spend two rounds plus one round per level in contemplation. Thus, a fifth level priest can withdraw for seven rounds to augate on some matter while one round passes for the others. Um, while affected by the spell, the user can only use the following spells, blah, 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 blah. Um, any divination spell or healing spell only on himself. Casting of uh, these spells in a different fashion negates the withdraw spell. Oh, he Similarly, does have the withdrawn caster cannot walk, Damn. run, become invisible, or engage with actions other than thinking, reading, and the like. Um, so he has a brief moment in time in which to cast any divination spells that he might have uh, and any healing spells. Fortunately, there are no cure light wounds for clerics of Ponos. However, yes, there is. for Ponos? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I just lied. They get in the flicks, don't they? Uh, no. Nope, I'm probably wrong. They do get, um, however, where to go? Where to go? Where to go? Oh, I scrolled it. Uh, no alignment, Aid? which is the first spell he's going to cast. Enables the priest to read exa uh, to exactly read the aura of a creature or an aligned object. Caster must remain stationary. Blah blah blah. Uh, the creature rolls a successful saving throw versus spell. So please roll me save or spell. Sure thing. Uh... Um, and I do believe you get a plus two on that because of your high wisdom willpower. So that is a pass. So well, this will... isn't a mind affecting spell, right? I guess it's not effect. It's reading his. It's right? not reading his mind. It's not against him. It's not reading his mind. Well, he gets a saving throw, though, so he does get to resist it, and it is probing his. Maybe not his mind. But just because you get a saving throw doesn't yeah. mean it's always a mind spell, okay. right? Okay. Mm. So he'll get he'll get a general idea of your alignment. Um, next spell he's going to cast doesn't need to cast that one. Is Sorry, going to I'm, be... I'm lawyering for my future cleric. <laughs> by the way. Is That's thought fair. capture one of the more bizarre um, contonations held by priests of the school of thought, as generally scoffed at by outsiders. The theory states that once a thought has occurred in someone's brain, it exists as a freestanding mental object. This thought object usually remains inside of the brain of the creature that created it, but sometimes escapes. This is supposedly explaining why people forget things. Now, this is all a little bit sketchy, but this is how this spell is supposed to work, is that thoughts sort of float about, and he is going to try and capture the strongest thought from this area. And this area has not been used for... I mean, it's an area of suffering, right? There's a lot of strong thoughts that happen in this region. But 
someone coming in here, binding his arms, biting his neck, desperately trying to kill him. He's hoping is going to be a strong enough thought to give him some insight into what is happening in your brain. I'm going to make it a percentile chance. Um, we're going <laughs> to say he's got, a with this spell, a, a 35% chance of pulling out your thought, which is fresh and right here in front of him. So no save for you. Just a D100. He wants a 35 or lower. Okay, that's two <laughs> rounds. Actually, it's three rounds because he has to focus on you for a round to use the, the detect alignment. Uh, fourth round of the seven rounds that he gets to cast these spells. Um, I guess detect magic is the only other divination spell he would have. Uh, and you do have magic on you. You've got um, Nilrum's armor spell on you, right? Yep. Okay. Do you have any other magic on you? Uh, no, I didn't do a blast or anything like that. I just went in. Okay. Um, gets to think for a while. Got four more, three minutes of contemplation. Get thinking. Okay. Uh, if he moves, if he runs, if he tries to cast anything else, the spell immediately breaks and fizzles. So at the end of his time... Oh, I'll just have him make some checks here, right? Uh, we're going to give him a an intelligence check as he tries to remember anything he can about someone matching your... Description, 1d20 plus 3d6. Nope. He can't figure anything out about you. Um, 1d20 plus, I rolled his wisdom, which was 13. Let's see if he can uh, piece together. Can we know what the alignment thing was? Uh, the align You have to be ninth level to project a an alignment aura. Not so if he's undead. That's true, but thankfully, you're not this priest, so you don't get answers. <laughs> Dodged a bullet there. Uh, he's going to see if he's got... He's going to run his religion proficiency. Fuck. Nope. Okay, last round of checks. Guys, really delaying the inevitable here with these useless spells. <laughs> his death is never <laughs> true. He doesn't know anything about you. He might so... have etherealness, Nick. No. Um. So he will spend his last bit of withdrawn time to say to you if you kill me and take the girl we will come for you there will be whoa, no whoa, stopping whoa. us he doesn't remember who he is there was no intellect thing oh fuck shit and fine yeah. then forget the part about the girl if you kill me, you. Ponos will find you. You will become a heretic on this land. The seas will be no measure to stop the people who come for you. Repent, he says as he backs away from you, trying to get as far away in this room as possible. Uh, as I make, as I'm walking towards him, I say, "I'm counting on it." <laughs> oh my god, I missed. God, that was such a good line. That was. Right, I think he is out of useful spells. 
So uh, just initiative, and he's going to come kick you in the balls again. He's going to fight? Um, he's not going to run? I think there's only one door, and I'm between him and the door. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So he wins his initiative, goes to kick, wild miss. Why is no one going for the sword, Neil? There's a sword on the floor. There is a sword on the floor, I suppose. Uh, good well, question. I Why is because of the grapple, and I'm mm-hmm. continuing to attempt to grapple here. Like, yeah, I'm... I think the sword is next to sail, so like to get to the sword and pick it up would probably be provoking attack of opportunity at this point. And if sail uh, distance himself from the sword, then maybe we could get to it, but not when it's under sail. Uh, so like, fifteen I'm, is a hit. I'm, yeah, I've, I've never cast withdraw. Well, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm attempting to grapple here, so I guess that's another strength check. No damage. Uh, yeah, post string. Um. I don't know that he used withdraw, and I don't know what spells he has. My goal here is to just, like, in Sale's mind, he's just like, I have to control his hands. If he casts mm-hmm. something that, fuck, like, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're not aware that he's out of spells, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, he will botch his strength check. You will get him, uh, you know, grapple with his arms in a way that he can't really break free of it, and we will roll initiative again. Oh, there we go. Hi. Uh, the cleric will try to bite you, bite your arm. The two. I will uh, so try to like knee him plus, hard in the stomach. You have a plus one or two on all these attacks. Um, that will get him in the stomach. Give me a d4. Should probably, uh, yeah, I was going to say a d3, and that's fine. It's right in the d3. He is definitely beginning to fall. One more time, uh, he's going to call to his god uh, on this turn. If he wins initiative, which he does, he calls out to Ponos. Ponos, see this man before me. Bring him down. If I die, he dies. Know his face. Send our acolytes after him, the one we found today. Tell him. Tell him to kill this man. Uh, oh. And then he curses aloud as he remembers that he has not yet given Nilrum the ceremony. Nilrum is not yet bound to, Ro- uh, to Ponos and cannot be a conduit. Go for it, Sail. Yeah, I'll just make an attack. Yeah. It's clear that he's outmatched initiative, and I think there's nothing more to do. Maybe he can run. Maybe he can flee into the night, but what sort of cleric in his own temple runs and flees into the night? Any what cleric sort... who's going to die to serve another day? Yeah, I'll but then he's... In fact, Anton would fucking run. Fuck <laughs> that. <laughs> Leaving your temple behind. You'd be letting someone else take it. How You're letting you? the god down more by fucking dying and not... That's true. Doing your You're duty. right. We're going to run, but we don't have time. Crap uh... our initiatives. I didn't roll the damage for that one. I assume that hit hit. That does hit, kind of, yeah. Uh, two, and then we'll initiative again. And then we'll attack. Ugh. Miss, and he's going to try and break free. A post strength check, and then a run. 1d20 plus 9. Fail. Doesn't matter what you roll. He just can't break free. Uh, initiative. He'll try and break free again. Come on. Give me your strength check. Aha! 
he finally casts off your arms and is going to dart for the door. You dropped your weapon, no attack of opportunity. He breaks through the door and out into the night, the dark night. You can hop up behind him if you want and chase. Can I scoop up my rapier and give chase? Excellent. Um, you want initiative. He's out the door first. You are pausing for a moment to grab your rapier. Give me a perception check at plus two. Perception check required because it's dark outside, but plus two because you're right on his heels. And also I have Rohi guiding me to him. True. See if there are any I feel like I would just maybe know where he is. Well, I, you know what? You see him anyway. Um, he's gone out the doors and he's headed for town. He's headed for the docks. He's headed for uh, Julius Dock Town. Yeah, I'm going to sprint as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. Like, con checks, sprint checks, whatever it takes to catch him. Uh, yes, give me an opposed strength check, because we are now in a chase. And so he can either choose to just try and outrun you, which is opposed strength checks, or he can try to, like, um, outmaneuver you, which would be opposed dexterity checks. But he's trying for the brutal sprint run. And it's not going to work. You will catch up to him. Now, you have a weapon in your hand. You can choose to make an attack roll, but then we'll just do another set of strength checks to see if he can outrun you again because you're going to pause momentarily while you strike him. Or you can do, like, a tackle to try and drag him to the ground. Yeah, I think a tackle to stop the running helps. The okay, move. so it's going to be an attack roll, and if you succeed, then strength checks and all that jazz. You get a plus two because uh, he you are coming up from behind him. Actually, a plus four, because he really can't see you in the dark or anything like that. Do I just do an unarmed attack then? Like an unarmed attack at plus four. So That'll do it. You grab hold of him, and can you drag him to a stop with a strength check? Yes. Yep. Yeah, you grab with a... What did you roll to hit? 23? No. Uh, the, that was the strength check. The roll to hit was a 16. 13. So 17, because yeah. it's plus four. Right, right. So the 17, you can easily, like, get him around the waist and haul him to sort of a stop. The rapier wrapping around in front of him, your other harm around him, and he is held this way and cannot go anywhere. Let's get an initiative roll and see what we end up with. Uh, yeah, I... Oh, I'm slow. <laughs> is there just nobody in the streets? Are there? The We're in the temple quite far away. The temple was just outside of town. He hasn't quite made it there, so he starts shouting. He starts screaming into the night. Help! Help! Servants are here to kill the, the gods' men! Help! <laughs> Unfortunately, Archie and I are singing at the top of our lungs in the town. We're not looking here. <laughs> Is this a rapier attack? Yeah, I assume he didn't, like, actually, that was his action with screaming? His action is screaming bloody murder trying to get anyone's attention over here and you with still behind him you can draw the rapier across him with a successful hit for how much damage six uh it's enough to rip him open and make him drop to the ground now the all-important question did anybody hear hear him now, we're a little far from town, but there's a lot of people in town. So I'm just going to do one perception check at average perception to see if somebody in town might have heard him. It's nighttime. You're kind of far out, but there's a lot of people. No. Nobody hears. Nobody comes running. But the cleric is wounded before you. Not quite dead. Negative hit points. Leading to death. You have his temple. 
I will drag him back up to his temple and wait with him while he bleeds out and apologize <laughs> and then leave. <sighs> okay. Specifically, I'll apologize to Ponos. Like, I'll, I'll say I'm sorry. No to one has like, nothing altar. to do with this. Okay. The next morning, you guys wake up. You come out of the tavern. Is the girl there? Girl's still there. Yeah. She made her choice. Mm-hmm. She spent the night. She's there in the morning. But in the morning, as everyone is coming out of their rooms, there is an officer on horseback. You can tell that he's the sheriff of the town by the the badge he wears over his his lapel. And as our two, well, four people are coming out of the tavern, he will ride up to Archie, horse sort of like doing the sort of prancing maneuver, and um, behold, and he'll look at you. You there! Fine, sir, he says, pointing a finger in Archie's direction. Sir, I did say sir. Archie will cross his arms and raise an eyebrow. Those are some of the most amazing bulging muscles I've ever seen. You there, you must be new to town. I don't recognize you. I don't know you. What is your name, sir? I'm uh, Archie. Barchi's my name. Barchi. Well, that's right. I know not what your employment is, but our lord in August has need of strong men like you. Hey, buddy, listen. I'm He's not already speaking got a job. to Why you. Why don't you move along? What, is it, what, what does he need? To move some boxes around? You guys can do that. No, no. Far more important work than that. A fine lad like you. How's your brain? You smart? Are you wise? Very you... smart. Very wise. Smart enough to know a scam when he sees one. Do you know That's your right. letters? You read? How else do you think I got this tattoo that says Archie? What does the tattoo say? It the says Archie. <laughs> it used to that... say Archie, yeah. and we added a B. <laughs> He nods. <laughs> Splendid. I don't know what these knaves are offering you for recompense, but how would you like to be an officer? Knaves. Hmm? All oh, the island and- could use wise, strong, literate men like you. We are clearly in a state of suffering, and our, our dear Baron would love nothing more than to have a magnificent specimen like you with us. Who is your Baron? Not talking to you, knave. I'm talking to the magnificent man before me. I enlarge Archie. Sixty percent to be larger. Mm. I grow. You're gonna cast a spell because it's not, you know, a non-zero time. Fuck, you don't give a fuck, do you? Um, I hear the words behind me, and I get a resigned look on my face. You go to touch Archie, you begin casting the spell, he realizes what's going on, and he will rear his horse. Um, <laughs> he'll draw his sword at his side, but not attack anyone with it, but just, you know, Good. draw a weapon. As the horse, you know, kicks up, Archie grows, do you say 60%? 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60%. 60
Yeah, I'm level six, so he's sixty percent bigger. Plays the Mario mushroom sound. Oh, look at him! <laughs> you were saying. Would you? What did? What was that word you called my crew? Can, can I do that one more time? He said knaves. Means so who's a lazy band? layabout. Is he? Is he? Who has, is he does speaking? Does he? Is he trying to say navy? <laughs> <I don't... laughs> yeah, he misspoke. <laughs> is he still being an asshole, Koibu? Depends on your perspective. I asked him the me. gods. I'll ask you one more time. Who's your Baron? Baron Grimwald. How do you not know? We've set foot on this island. Do you know not the people who live here? People were telling us some weird stuff goes on in the middle of the <clears throat> the island. What did they mean by that? I'll show him a metal or like a crystal rod. Uh, he isn't smart enough to know what the fuck that means. Uh, but he'll say the mountains in town in the island are extremely dangerous. They told you to go to the Midlands and to the middle of the island by yourself. They're probably trying to get you killed. Those paths are treacherous. Yeah, what's there though? There's something wrong with this place. Everyone's so bloody miserable. Oh. Doesn't seem like the type of place that I would want to work anyway. You'd be bloody I mean, miserable if the White Prince had cut you off of all supplies, all communication, all uh, trade with the outside world. Locked here for the, uh, generations, alone. Baron Grimwald, he an enemy of the White Prince? Ha! Baron Grimwald does not recognize the White Prince nor his authority in any way, shape, or form. We stand outside the law, outside the so-called shining light of civilization. I'll you whisper know? to the by captain. The, by the fucking the... gods, man. I am so sick of everyone on this goddamn island being so whiny. Oh, the white prince. He <laughs> kind of... Oh, None of us are, are have anything to do with the white prince. We're doing fine. How about you shut the fuck up, okay? How about you go to a different island if you don't like it here, okay? And make something of yourself and stop fucking whining every day. It's not going to help anyone. That's the yeah, fucking spirit we need. I want a, we want island. a man like you to join with us. There's money to be had, glory to be had. Listen, we can fix their wait. logistical issues, Captain. I would rather yeah. die in poverty and no glory to, than leave my crew here to be with some barren fuck squat who who can't even keep his people happy. That being said, though, we are also enemies of the White Prince. Maybe we can. Uh... I'm not saying that. Barchi here can go and work for Grimwald, but maybe at least he can get a look at his bulging muscles. Might, uh, you know, store it away in the old wank bank for the future. Is that what he's into? I would not presume to know what my lord's proclivities include, but he is a man of great appetites. I doubt not that a specimen like this would go wasted upon his illustrious eyes. Right we could probably sell him one of these, and I'll show the captain the pouch where I hold the um, the door handle mm. thing that'll make the you know the like silver the lock and key. Oh, uh, yeah. Aldrich's discriminating, discriminating door. Well, uh, we could go and visit Grimwald. We're here for another for the rest of today, at least, right? No, uh, Melon. Yeah. <laughs> He laughed. Uh, I'm waiting on the I'm waiting on the cleric to come and see me probably tonight in the tavern. It's a two-day sure. journey to August. I would be happy to guide you there myself, for the roads are treacherous and the way is difficult. Then perhaps we could leave in the morning. Leave tomorrow. 
don't need the three of you. But if it's a package deal, then we can I'll solve take your it. island's logistical issues. We have people under our employ who can bring certain Dude. goods here. As then, well as I might be able to solve your Baron's magical issues. The Baron would most like would most love to hear from a lot of you then. Please come inland with me. Be I will sure. arrive in the morning, escort you there myself. Prepare for a two-day journey through the mountains and the passes deep within Alba Island. Sounds good. Um, he will sheathe his sword, uh, kick his horse in the flanks, and trot away. Well, that was strange. In his absence, a few of the other townsfolk. In the morning light, you know, things maybe aren't quite as dour as they were before. There's definitely mm. some sort of, you know sadness to this place but now that the there's a little bit of sunlight coming through and the, it's only partially cloudy um things don't look quite as grim you know there's young girls going around with woven baskets selling flowers there's a little bit of commerce and trade happening down here but the you know the fruit and veggies is kind of kind of crap um i want to i want to pull john aside real quick what is it out here is it just me or is that guy totally hitting on me yeah, I'm not sure if he was hitting on you for himself or for his lord, but... Uh, Listen, it's uh, people are miserable here. They gotta do something to keep themselves happy. Uh, you away. You know, you, actually, uh... I had a very interesting story. It's actually quite common amongst uh, all the pirates around these parts to engage in civil unions. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. I have two other spellbooks, Koibu. Mm -hmm. You give a spellbook to, the, to your apprentice, right? Yes, your apprentice will need to learn spells. They can't really do anything without read magic and detect magic. And the rules for this are kind of awkward because you have to roll to learn a spell, but if you can't learn read magic and detect magic, you don't get shit. So we just generally start with them. So we'll say yep. that your apprentice will learn those spells automatically as their first two spells, but they'll still need the, you know, some time. Let's call it um, a couple months to, to pick them up. Okay, um, I'm just debating on which spell book to give them. Mm. Well, they are going to actually need to create their own because when they learn a spell, they have to write it down their own way. Um, you need your. Do I own... need to get them a blank spell book then? No, nah, they can just you know bookmark the spell book and you know use the the second half of it. Um, so you can give okay. them one of these books, but just to say that they will still have to learn <laughs> and write their own spells, and they'll end up with their own like spell book is both a physical object and a concept of the spells you know. So they'll use the, phys the second half of the physical object while they create the concept of a spell book as their repertoire out of it. Well, you, you can have a spell book that's like a collection of pages as well. It doesn't have to be bound in a book, so you could even just like cut out pages. Yeah, I have 41 yeah, but pages just of new spells way more loose. I guess so, yeah, Neil. And I have awkward. 80 pages in another spell book. Mm -hmm. um, can I roll for the other two spell books how many pages they had? I never got those numbers, I don't think. Yeah. I'm going to be um, rolling for Hubert's Wizard Spellbook and Kenji's. Excuse me. Um, where is... Where did I put those things for you? Are On they... Hubert's Wizard character? Hubert. Civilized... Oh, Father Hubert. Here we go. Um, no. Hubert's Wizard. Hubert's Wizard. Got it. It's in the civilized area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay, I see it. Area. 
So he's got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. So that's 96. Do it 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. So it's 22 D6 plus 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. Whatever D6 I said plus 18. 22 D6 plus 18 to 91. So there's only pages nine left. pages free. That's the number that have been taken up with the spell book. Oh, and there's a hundred spells in a spell book. A hundred pages in a spell book, yeah. So there's nine pages. blank okay. pages. Nine free pages, and then in Kenji's. Let's take a look. <sighs> Kenji's probably even has less. Or is this like a double spell book? Um and... 122, 23, D6 plus 21. 112. Uh, so he must have gotten lucky and shrunk it down. We'll just call it 100 pages. It's filled. Okay. Filled. Um... Okay, I'm going to give her Paros's old spellbook that I stole. It Excellent. has 80 pages left. Excellent. And Paris. was I able to buy another spellbook in Arcadia? Um, if you wanted to, yes. You, that makes sense. It's going to be expensive. We'll sort that out a little bit later. We can sort that out later, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 80 pages left. Perfect. I just want to glance over here real quick i also have Fantastic. 41 pages of new spells loose it says i don't know what the fuck that means but i have it on the sheet so cool all right so we're gonna end our session for today right here when we come back next week we're gonna head deeper into alba island this isn't the first time alba island has come up this name has sort of been kicking around a few times does anyone remember the first time we heard alba island it was i think we heard about it insignias and stuff yeah where was in that, the though? book from uh, Kaiser Island, Sulphur mm. Island, mm-hmm. the Kaiser, Kaiser family. family. The and what did they say about all the island way back when? It was like a book refuge. Was, yeah, that book was old, right? That was like eighty years old, ninety years old. Yeah, it was one of the only islands that hadn't been taken by the white prince and like oh, still, yeah, like a free island. Were they mm. talking about trying to flee there or something, or considering it? I think so. I think they were talking about the, how they had friends on all the island. Yeah. Hmm. Well then, we will find out more about Alba Island and hopefully we will refresh our memories on any other details that might exist between now and then. But that will do us for the day. One uh, I have a few questions from the mm-hmm. Patreon. Yeah, bring them up. Question for Pokemon Challenges. How does your character feel about being essentially chained to the Dardens? Um, I don't think he's realized that yet. Um, like, I I feel like in Archie's mind, he just kind of happened to get sick, but there's no like causal link yet between that and leaving the dark ends for him. I think. Um, but I think if if he did know, hmm, I think he's still wrapping around his head around the whole Rohi thing. So, 
Hard to say. Question for the cast. What is the story of how you got into D&D? Um, for me, one of my brother had friends who I think played third edition. So I did a few campaigns with, or I did a few ep- like sessions with them. And then I stopped until I joined back up for Gnomes, Tomes, and Catacombs with Koibu. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I just saw the Koibu campaigns on Steven's channel and, and looked awesome. Uh, I don't remember exactly how I got into D&D. It was kind of a mixture of um, friends being interested and kind of talking about it and watching a little bit of the content online. Um, but I would say that this campaign is like my first major foray. I've only done like maybe 10 sessions before this. Um, I've spoken about it before, but I was super into Neverwinter Nights when I was, well, when that was out for about four years. And I was always intrigued about how D&D could work, like how that those rules could work, but without a map or without like a game behind it. I just didn't understand like how it could just be imagination. And then I was super into Starcraft and I saw It Me JP and uh, Jeff Robinson and that playing D&D. So I thought, oh, I'll check that out. And then, uh, yeah, I've been hooked ever since. Sorry, with I Nate, actually they were with Neil. Yeah, sorry. I actually lied. It was my friend Morbus who got me into D and D. I totally forgot. And if he ever sees this and realizes that I just left him out of my D and D lineage. <laughs> uh, I got started. I was a little kid. I had a friend who was like three years older than me. I must have been like in sixth grade or something, and he was probably like a eighth or ninth grader at that point. Um, and I came. Well, I was friends with his brother, who's a few years younger. And we were all like, I went over to hang out with them one day and they were already hanging out with their older friends. So I was like the little kid in the room with all the older guys and they were playing D&D, but I didn't remember what the fuck was going on. They were just like telling stories about this group of dwarves who were in some sort of war and like trying to charge across this landscape and they were hanging out in a ditch. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This is super cool. There's dice and there's stories and there's dwarves and there's fighting. What the hell is going on? But like, I was sort of bored. So I left. And then a few years later or sometime later, I asked him to like run a D&D campaign for me or like, let's play D&D. And he really didn't want to. It was clear in retrospect, it's clear that I was like the little kid, yeah. the little friend who was like, play this game with me. And he's like, God fucking damn it. Okay. He had some sort of silly, dumb story about, uh, you know, chasing someone who was like running around, stealing people's stuff in town. And I had a great time and I think he was not interested. And so he like gave me some materials that I could go play with my other friends uh, who were my age. And I did. And we stole, we took the materials and we played a little bit of D&D and it was great. Um, but we didn't really know what the fuck we were doing. And so we ended up sort of doing our own pseudo D&D storytelling games, but we didn't have dice or rules. So we just sort of like made it up and we were young and it was dumb. <laughs> and eventually somewhere between, I don't know, seventh, sixth grade and ninth grade or sixth grade and eighth grade my mom bought us some books bought us like a dmg and a monster's manual and a player's handbook or maybe one of them at a time i don't remember the order and we poured over the books looking at them trying to decipher what the hell these rules (laughs) meant you know if you look at the monster's manual it'll say like hit dice two plus one or something and we didn't know what the fuck that meant is like do you have two hit dice or is it three? Two plus one is three. So why doesn't it just say three hit dice? What is the fuck does two plus one mean? And we had to try and come up with, figure out what these rules meant. And second edition is complicated enough as it is, let alone like as a, I mean, a junior high school. I mean, don't try to figure school. some of them out. 
I know, right? <laughs> Let alone as like a junior high school kid trying to decipher these things with no one to guide you. And eventually we pieced it together and picked it up with some of our other friends and played a crap ton of D&D all through. Was this with Ryan or no? <clears throat> yeah, Ryan was the person who I played like the, the handed off materials with. Brian was the guy who taught me. Brian is the one who I learned with and played the the crappy version, the CD&D, crappy D&D, which is just kids being like, do you want to play D&D hard or easy mode? There's no dice, so we're just going to make up whether you hit or not, um, which was silly, but super fun. Um, and that's how I got into kids it. Kids watching this like, why didn't they just use a dice roller on the phone? Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> This would have been 97, 98, 99, something like that. Somewhere in there. Yeah, phones had Snake back then. Yeah. Not um, even. There was one more question, Mitten, above from Weird Boy 11. Oh, why are you so savage had... or whatever? No, no, above that. Does John oh. have any aspirations of settling down with a family after all the White Prince stuff? Uh, I thought about it. I just don't think John's that kind of person to have like long-term plans necessarily. He kind of lives in the moment, so... If he meets a beautiful maiden who can put up with his lifestyle, he might get married to her within like a week or something crazy like that. But I don't think he'd like, oh, in the future, I'm going to settle down and have a wife and five kids, you know. Mm-hmm. Don't think that's his style. Are we pretty rich we right now? Yeah, we're rich. We're rich as fuck. I mean, what would you consider rich? Like 10,000 gold. Um, Let's see. Where Average. did I run? Right, the average time. laborer makes like 50 gold a year. So like 10,000 gold is... Yeah, well, we've got 3,000 gold and... Is it 10 silver to a gold? Yes. 100 silver to a gold, right? No, 10. No, it's 10. 10. So we've got 13,000 gold's worth of silver. So yeah, we've got about 16,000 gold. So we're rich. rich. Yeah. It's pretty good. We're like billionaires in Toss right we now. We are, yeah. Mm-hmm. We are, yeah, actually. We're the 1%. Cool. Well, you know, thanks for watching, everyone. Neil, yeah. thank you once again. As always, we'll we... be here next week, right? Are we all yeah. here? Is someone not yes. here next week? I'm here. We're all here I'm next here. week. Coolio. The week after that, Nick can't make it, right? No, no, the week after I, I can. can. I don't leave until the 19th. Okay, we're good for the next week. Yeah. Cool. Sweet. Cool. Well, we'll then. see you guys next week. Goodbye, buddy. Fantastic session.